Fuck pain, fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. From the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. Tonight, it's football time in the USA as training camps open up across the country and Super Bowl champion linebacker A.J. Hawk joins us for a massive interview, including rain in Los Angeles, the joy of mowing the grass, linebackers, it's the best position because you get to run and hit people, long drives, Teslas, and the fact that some of us just happen to be born with hard heads, for sure. And now... Asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle figure of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind. For the Drunken Dows Podcast, begins now. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 92 of the Drunken Taoist Podcast. We're still on our sort of summer hiatus. Uh, Danielle will be back next week, and we're going to do a brand new fresh episode for August. But uh, this is a great one. A.J. Hawk, linebacker from the Green Bay Packers and the Bengals now, joins us for a great conversation. We just talked and talked and talked. It's fantastic. So to not mess around and waste any time, it's great to get right to the holy trifecta of our sponsors, starting with the first and the original sponsor, Dr. Sarah Bags. Awesome hemp gear. Cannot brag about them enough. They went whale watching with me yet again. My, and my little backpack goes with me everywhere I go. Hemp, strong, and the great Datsusera notion of going against corporate life. You gotta like that. Chris, thanks so much as always. You can find them at dsgear.com. And of course, our friends at Onnit. Oh, and NIT, human optimization. Get you some delicious buffalo jerky if that's your thing. If you need some cool workout gear like a like a battle mace, awesome to swing around and make your arms strong and make you sweat. And of course, the fantastic superfood. Mix it up in your drink. Get fifty different nutrient nutrient pieces of awesomeness from nature, grape seeds, and all kinds of delicious things to make your body just purr like a kitten. And of course, our friends at Sure Design. Awesome T-shirts, crazy pants. Anything you might want to try out to rev up your fashion life, this is the place for it. Sure design t-shirts. But one thing I want to mention before we get going is Kiva. Uh, it's just blowing me away how far all this has gone. It's starting to get kind of crazy. As of now, we have over $55,000 of loans out from 160 of your fellow Drunken Taos listeners. It is so impressive, and it makes me so proud that you guys have joined us. 1,600 loans, 172 members, and we invite you to come join us. Kiva.org. Join the team, the Drunken Taoist, and start learning with us. $25 can help change a person's life. These loans have been going to everything from people that need supplies to keep their little shop going, but most of them are more like agriculture. Somebody who needs a cow, someone needs some goats, some chickens, just to keep things going, and to get a little bit better life for their family. Uh, folks have put water pumps into their villages to make everybody not have to go down to the damn river to get water. It really is helping folks out, and you guys have done so much. This year alone, we've done more loans uh, here in the middle of the year than we have done in the entire year of the of, since 2014 when we started. It's amazing, and I appreciate you all being a part of it. So come on, sign up, join up. 25 bucks 
once you uh, once they pay it back, you can loan it again, and then it really gets exciting because the same money helps people over and over and over again. So that's enough of that. We got a long interview here. Uh, DB and I back together next episode in mid-August. So we'll see you on the other side. Here we go. So, ladies and gentlemen, the sound that you hear somewhere behind my voice, that's water falling from the sky, which is something that confuses us so much in LA. We have no idea what this thing is, what to do with it. There are people who are trying to swim in the street there. There'll be some bastard with a canoe for sure. Yeah, probably. It's, uh, you know, what do we got? Like maybe 10 days of rain a year or something today in honor of, uh, well, I'm going to make it sound like it's an intentional that we're keeping for ambience the rain. The reality is that we can't block out the sound, so that's just the way it is. We didn't know this was a problem because it had never happened exactly, before. Exactly, <laughs> because it never <laughs> ever rains. And uh, bringing the rain from other parts of the country, Mr. AJ Hawk here with us. <laughs> yeah, it's good to be here, man. I'm glad to... Uh to hook up in person now you I were know. you were very uh had you on my podcast maybe a year or so ago yeah i think so probably so, so yeah man like been that. a big fan of your stuff it's forever and Skype. now it's uh like you said yeah i came out to la i've been here a couple hours and it's there's floods in the streets <laughs> just from a couple hours of rain and people are losing their mind so it's good to, it's good to see you are used to real weather right <laughs> yeah i see seasons and yeah i've been in ohio so yeah, I'm, i've seen right. them all i see it all there's usually snow on the ground but it's like it's in the 60s now in, in ohio and doing well where you're thinking like, ah, I got to LA, I catch some sunshine, <laughs> it's going to be nice. Oh, for sure. And, and when people knew I was leaving Ohio, like, oh, man, you get to go out there. And people think they hear LA, California, they just assume I'm going to go sleep on the beaches and go of surfing course. every day. That's of all course. everybody thinks. So yeah. I'll have to take a picture and let them know it's not all, not all sunshine yeah, out here. Well, they are right 95% of the time. Just oh, yeah. Today is one but, of those. But the nice thing is the picture you do take will show the mountains we seldom see because of the smog. It's oh, going to yeah. be clean for two days. Yeah, there you go. That's but the crazy thing is you can't get in the water for the next day. Like, you do not want to be in the water after the Why rain. Why is that? Because all that dog shit that's been sitting on every street. Is it all runs off into the... Oh, yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah, I know. And we don't, and we don't bother to catch any of it either. You think a, a, a state that's starving for water, there would be cisterns and and yeah. rain catching and everywhere. Yeah. Nah, urban this planning is not one of a lace. We're catching up slowly. You get too yeah. many people here, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's without question. Sure. They couldn't have they couldn't have uh, drawn this up back in the day when they thought did they no. really think there's going to be. Something in every square inch of the city? No. That and look how they build it into the mountains. And then, because I mean, oh. that's why the freeways are so weird. There's no easy way to do it. There's like two cracks, and that's where the traffic can go. <laughs> so, well, it's welcome to, be to LA. Tonight, yeah. hey, uh, yes. A question I did have when I leave, I forget what road, maybe it was on La Cienega somewhere. What are the, like the old, there's like oil derricks drilling real slowly away, coming from LAX oh, towards, you have you seen that? those? Yeah. They come down Wilshire? Or? Um, I don't know where it is since I've, I mean, I've been out I here plenty of time. I see it in Long Beach all the time. Long Beach is is it, there's uh, like oil drilling things still going yeah, on. Yeah, there's only like, and they're not like yeah. that big, but there's probably, I don't know how many acres of yep. them right next to the road. I don't know what road it would be, but I was like, and they're just, a couple of them are just slowly yep. moving yep. away. Are yep. they still drilling? They get drilling for oil right there? They're everywhere. That's why it's hard to make a subway here. It's too much. Really? You run into methane and crazy shit like that. Yep. 
Okay, it would always confuse me because I remember driving by there the last time I was here, and I never really asked anybody. Yeah, they've probably uh, been sitting there for 100 years. I'm puzzled myself. Um, there are a lot of things about them that I look <laughs> at. There's some in Beverly like, Hills that are just dressed up. They look no. like, so you don't know what's on it. It looks like it's probably a cell phone tower or something, but no, it's old oil derricks. That okay, are just, well, you know, it's, it's news to me. They're not going to stop till they get every drop out of the ground. <laughs> well, our good man, you are... Definitely the most. Well, we had uh, we are hitting an athletic stride with the Drunken Taoist because we got uh, Ian McCall from UFC. You know, one of the top. Uncle uh, Creepy. Yep, yeah, absolutely, one of the top guys in his weight division. <coughs> you are coming on with your Super Bowl championship experience <laughs> and the whole deal. So that's cool. Did you ever have Ian on your podcast? I did not. I actually yeah. met him uh, at a charity event in Nashville a couple years, two three years ago, and then I recently heard him on. Uh, Joe Rogan had a fight yep. companion, and yep. he, I think he had just come from this. Yeah, 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 exactly. He said he yeah. had just uh, recorded yep. with you, yep. so I, I remember. He was uh, he was a great guy when I met him. He yep. seems really uh, yeah, I like him. He's a All funny, lot. funny guy, and yeah. obviously a great fighter. Absolutely. So. I spent a decade in Nashville being a Titans fan, which I really yeah. You got Eddie George. I love Eddie George. Eddie, he's I, an Ohio State guy. I'm an Ohio State guy, so I've, Eddie's uh, the man back in Ohio. He was. Between him and Steve McNair, maybe the most manly men I've ever met in my life. <laughs> Steve McNair played with a broken sternum. I Jesus. cannot even yeah. imagine. That's and solid. not and a quarterback too, and was doing it. It was incredible. Yeah, I mean how and what was crazy was it Steve did he get killed by his mistress, by his yeah, girlfriend? It was dark. There's did all she, sorts was of, it a murder suicide or did she, was definitely, she I, I believe she just blasted him in his sleep. Wow. Oh my gosh. But yeah. she and she had it good too and she went for the whole well and there's all sorts of other suppositions that other shit was going down. It's nobody okay. really knows for sure that yeah. maybe somebody sent somebody in to do something and wow. I've never known. That was a bad day, man. That was very oh, it was upset. terrible because he was a, a great guy. He was his teammates loved him, I know. He was always like one of those guys that people people loved and then all of a sudden he, he was dead so young and it was what he got caught up with a girlfriend or what she probably thought he was going to yeah. I don't know if he was married or not. At the time, I'm not sure. He, oh, she, yeah, he was. Yeah, and she right. thought he was going to leave. Like, like That's every the mystery story, story. story everybody tells. But, you know, there's, Who knows? If, you, if, you, if you sniff around, there's also, like, Shane, like, some friends had something to do. Oh, okay. And there was money involved. Somebody was. Conspiracy. Yeah, there's some sort of crazy conspiracies. Yeah. No, that was a bad one. Eddie George, man, what a monster. Just he still he he hasn't aged either. If you've no, seen him, no, he may be alien because yeah. he doesn't oh. age at all. And he is jacked. It looks the exact same, and he's uh, he's acting on Broadway now. I think is he really? Oh. He's, he's not doing a, the NFL Network this year. Or? He was doing Fox for college games, I think, and then he always did some theater stuff. And then now I think he honestly is on like actual Broadway. Good for mm-hmm. him. Yeah, he's doing well. Chase that what you want to awesome. do, people. Seriously. So you must have been great from the beginning when you were like. And Pop Warner or whatever in you guys sports? had. sports? Oh, man. Um, I was the youngest of three boys, so <laughs> I was chasing those guys my whole my whole life. Yeah, um, that's a good play. I bet, like, at two and three, you were chasing them full blast. For sure. They were chasing them getting nailed. You of know, they are killing me. <laughs> <laughs> and they – so, yeah, my, my oldest brother was a – he played football and wrestled, and he was an offensive lineman. And then my middle brother, who was just two years older than me, was a quarterback. So he was always – they always joked like he was like the golden boy. They called him because he's quarterback, get all the glory, yeah. all that. I, I played running back and, and uh, defense, played linebacker. But I played – we all played football, baseball, and basketball growing up. And just kind of what we did, man. My dad always joked with people. He's like, well, we didn't get to, to many museums growing up. <laughs> we were always doing that. We had activities and That's games and They're stuff. overrated anyway. Yeah, man. I've, you know, I've, I've seen the – I've got, gotten to a lot of them as I got older. Yeah. And, I've seen what I need to. I, exactly. I feel like, <laughs> right. but 
So, yeah, I was always uh, chasing them, honestly, forever. Just it, wanted to do what they did. When it comes to position, is it high school where the coach pretty much decides for you? I mean, they're going to put you where they want you, aren't you? I mean, even if you dread yeah, from quarterback, like, if your skills are... Yeah, I mean, if you, if you want to... That kind of weeds itself out early, to tell you the truth. I mean... There's only so many guys that can play quarterback, so if right. you want to hold so on to that, fast team, enough to be receivers in the yeah, corners. exactly. So I, that kind of gets nailed down when you're young. I feel like some guys can can change it around. Where or if you'll you'll see a guy like a big defensive lineman who's 330 pounds now, <laughs> and he'll tell you he played running back in high school. And sometimes a lot of times they did. You, yeah. Right? yeah, they were a lot skinnier, and yeah. you know they might have weighed 215 in high school, and they're still stud athletes. They just gained 100 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that happens all the time too. But a lot of times, like, yeah, you're gonna put you you want to put the ball in the in the guy's hands that are, are gonna make the plays. So yeah, that's my brother was like always always the the best and played quarterback, and I always played running back behind him. I got to play two years in high school with him, so it was pretty special. That's awesome. Did either of your brothers make it to, to college? Um, my middle brother Ryan, he played. Um, he was quarterback. He went to Miami, Ohio, and came in the same recruiting class as a guy named Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, and that's so what really became a him. <laughs> yeah, and so. Um, my brother actually played his freshman year, and Ben redshirted. And wow. my brother played quarterback, and then Ben came in, and they competed for the job. And Ben ended up starting, obviously, and became Ben, one of the best ever. Yeah. And my brother played a little bit of like receiver and stuff, and then he transferred to Ohio University and played court, started there for two years and, and played in the Arena League for a year and then decided to get out, and now he's doing really well in business and hosting his own podcast. And he's like a, he's a hustler, man. Good for him, man. Nice. Well, mm-hmm. speaking of uh, hustling and outside of sports, I mean, you have climbed as far as anybody can climb within the sports. Like, oh, shit, you won a Super Bowl. doesn't get much higher than that. Um, where, uh, but you obviously, as much as you have been dedicated to football your whole life, you obviously have other stuff going on. I mean, otherwise you wouldn't, in the middle of a pro football career, host your own podcast, be uh, intellectually curious on a bunch of other things. What... How do you find a balance for yourself between kind of the stuff that your job and your passion through football and at the same time all these other things that you're into? <laughs> Man, that's a good question. I think it, with everything, like I've always been curious. I think I'm a curious guy and I, I, mm-hmm. I definitely understand that I don't have anything figured out. And that's what I've, I've always tried to tell even my own kids now. And I think having kids kind of changes a lot of that. Sure. How you look at things. I mean, it's, it's obviously so cliche to say that. But... Um, as far as like finding things outside of sports, I, when I grew up, I mean, it was just full go meathead yeah. football, baseball, basketball. It's all I know. It's all I cared about. Um, even though I had my parents never pushed me in that direction at all. Mm-hmm. They were just very supportive. But I think as I've gotten older, I've been married almost 10 years now. My wife did it. She's done a great job of just kind of turning me in into a human <laughs> making me evolve into someone that can hold a conversation and wants to like be out in public more i mean i'm naturally a pretty shy introvert i think and don't really like to leave the house (laughs) so um she's done a great job of kind of rallying me together and getting me around people and that's then i've kind of on my own kind of reached out and met people like you and just learning always wanting to try to i don't know why i've just been curious of why Mm -hmm. people do things and how they do it so that's definitely why i started my own podcast just because i've want to talk to guys and want yeah. to know why, why you know why do you do that or you see these guys that do something that's so foreign to me mm-hmm. a guy like aubrey marcus i met from on it uh, about five years ago i met aubrey i'm like man this dude like, how he lives his life what he does is just so different than anything yeah. i've even thought of 
And so then it's just it's like a it's like a ripple effect. It just keeps going, man. You keep searching and finding new cool people. Have that while you were that's the way my brain works. While you were telling me it is I could picture your wife like leaving little pieces of raw meat <laughs> to just take you out. Like, okay, she now. still has to do it. Yeah, yeah she <laughs> still does. Yeah, just to lead you outside. And she says you can't just stay in here all the time. I mean, that's my another one of the issues. Her dad is a, a builder, and so my father-in-law built our house back in Columbus, Ohio. We kind of built our dream home. Mm-hmm. Got a little bit of land. I don't plan on ever selling that thing. We plan on giving it to our kids someday. And so I really don't want to leave. Yep. I have a gate I can close. And I'm like, <laughs> we go home, and she's like, all right, I've, we've been cooped up. Let's go. we got to go do something. I'm like, I'm good. I'll stay here with the kids. You go out and go yeah. do, do whatever you want. I'm good to go here. i got some space. I can go out in the yard and throw the ball around with the dogs and have the kids run around. I have a great time. That's yeah. definitely one thing that's crazy about here is, you know, when I was in Nashville, my front door was 118 feet from the road. Wow. Here. What is it now? 12. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of course. Yeah. You, know, you had this. Put, I, I was going to mow the lawn this morning, but it started raining. But it would have taken me like 20 minutes to do the whole thing Ooh. with a little electric. So, what, how do you, how have you changed, you know, from going, how long have you been in LA now? 10 years. How is it compared to Nashville? Or do you want to go back to Nashville? I like Nashville. I'd, I'd love, I was born in Hawaii, so I think I was always destined oh, to have geez. the ocean on my, on my, you know, peripheral. So, I love being that close to the water. I hate the traffic like everybody else, but I can definitely because uh, I like Nashville a lot. But it's it's happening more here. Plus, with the film career, this is you got to be where it's happening. So yeah, I guess. But I uh, I used to love to mow the grass, man. I'd be listening to you guys <laughs> play those football games with my headset on, and nobody would bother me. And I had an acre and a half, so it there took you, go. you know a good hour and a half to get it. Properly. I got nine acres now, man. So I oh, have, you need a tractor. I got wow. Sixty inch John Deere commercial yeah. mower, so I get my little. Wireless headphones on and listen to diff podcasts. So it's great. It's great. <laughs> nice. That's what I do now. Have you discovered with your podcast? Because the one thing I notice is people are desperate for conversation. I think there's a lot of lonely people out there. To have them or to listen just to, to other listen people. to them. I think just You're by right. listening to people that aren't buy this and do this and listen to this song, it's so refreshing because essentially they're in the room with us. They may not get that they can scream at the radio mm-hmm. with us, but. I think people are missing something and that are sort of, we've broken Maybe so that's far. Like, is that how we're connecting now? Since people don't connect personally because of Face phones, everyone's looking right. down. Is that how you, some people are connecting? Is I listening to other people have conversations and you kind of feel like you're part of it? Maybe. Yeah. That, that might, you might have beyond to something there. But if, uh, well, you can see, you guys live in LA, so you tell me. I'm, I live in Ohio and I started to get mad at people. My brother is, does the same thing. Mm-hmm. People don't understand what a podcast is. Out here, it's more progressive. People right. understand things. I think you guys are, are ahead of the times when it comes to technology and yoga, every show, anything weird. You guys are ahead of <laughs> in, in a lot of good things. But uh, like when I mention it to people, people are like, well, how, do I, how do I find it on my car? Yeah. Where, where do I get it on my FM radio? And they don't, you try to explain it to them, and I'm like, never mind. You're never going to find it It's anyway. also, yeah, it's kind of a generational thing. You know, the people who are really young, tend yeah. to be on with this but even not old like even in your 30s, 30s or 40s yeah. people are kind of lost about this stuff sometimes it is it's sure. weird man like and my brother says it all the time but it, it have you ever looked at the people that listen to podcasts mm-hmm. are all usually like higher educated people that make a little bit of more money or more i guess just probably curious people listen exactly to what it is what you're saying right? earlier that curiosity is yeah. a little bit higher and 
that'll lead you down the road. Because plus, if you go down the pages of the podcasts that are available, it's amazing. You're going to find ten different things. You're like, oh, I've always there's, wanted to know there's about so that. many of them. Yeah. People will try to tell me, oh, it's there's so the market's flooded. I'm like, in my mind, it can never be no. too saturated because exactly. it doesn't matter. I don't have to listen. I can scroll what I do on my before I flew here. I have all the my podcasts I'm subscribed to. And then I have a bunch of like peripheral ones that right. I. Kind of check check out. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I just, I refresh it and see the guest. Like, oh, I'm going to get that one. Yeah. And so that I do it all the time. Yep. So why there could be 10 billion podcasts, and I can always find something. And if anything, just like what you said, the market is is only going to grow because yeah. there are so many people who have no idea what they are, oh, and yet yeah. the conversation is getting around. So it's definitely going to grow because you have so many segments of society where people have no. I mean. Be, be honest like i think i did the first uh podcast with rogan in 2011 his he, first one yeah like oh, really? when i was with him, oh, yeah, like yeah. my first experience oh, yeah. with him right and uh when i was with him i remember walking in and there was brian Redman and i was asking him so podcasted what the hell are we doing here <laughs> you know it's like and he was like well it's kind of like radio but people download it on their own and you can cast and i was like perfect i like that already i'm like but yeah, initially, and I mean, I'm not, granted, I'm not the most tech-savvy, ahead-of-the-curve kind of guy, but at the same time, it's not like I live in a cave either, you know, it's like, and for me, podcasting was kind of like, oh, I vaguely heard about it, but I don't really know what the hell, I don't need it. And now, now I try to, you know, the days when I my phone is out of charge or something, and I'm in the car and I'm stuck with radio, I want to shoot myself, because like, oh, commercials then suck. you get... You I know, don't know what I did. Bird. I honestly no, don't know what I did in the I car know. before I, I had my phone and could listen to podcasts. I was a lot angrier, I tell you that much, because, you know, you're <laughs> stuck in traffic forever, and after a while, you know, after... 25 minutes of searching, dialing back and forth to a radio station and finding one song that you caught halfway that you like, yep. and then there's another. It's like, it sucks. It's well, and that might be the answer to the LA question. We've got a lot of time on the freeway. <laughs> You're yeah. right. And that, you know, I mean, that's like when you do all, it's my natural drive was 12 minutes, and that was, yeah, man. You know, that's you how you learn, though. Comfortable. <laughs> I have to say, I'm, the, I'm with you. Like, in, uh, I'm in Cincinnati now where I play, and I live. We just rent a spot there because my house we built is in Columbus. So when I drive back, I live five or six minutes to the stadium every day. So when wow. I drive home, if there have any like phone calls I need to make or whatever, I need to circle the block before <laughs> I get back. I mean, I have three, right. three young kids, so I, yeah. I'm not talking on the phone in the house yeah, at all. Because they're going to be hanging on you, and you're not going to have a real conversation no. with somebody, and someone's going to get upset on the other side if they don't have kids yeah. and they're listening to that. So. It's true, man. When you, I thrive on those those long drives, and a lot of times when I would drive in in the morning to uh, to work to football, I'll, I'll drive really slow and sometimes take back roads a little bit, especially if I'm listening to a good podcast or that's just like my time. Yeah. I feel like that time in the car alone is just I don't know. It's needed. So there's obviously like a, a tipping point as well when you're sitting on what the 405 for two hours to go two miles. It can kill yeah. you. Yeah. Days like that are crazy. And it's not every day. And generally, most folks are smart enough to find, you know, I'll go in at 6 o'clock and miss the traffic. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's those two, three hours that are the worst. But I don't, I usually, my day usually ends at 11. And I live way up in Ventura, which is fully 60 miles north. <laughs> but at 85 miles an hour, it's a 45-minute drive when the freeway is doing what it's supposed to. 
and that to Mr. be by the ocean makes it worthwhile. Yeah. I believe it's Mr. Richievers just confessed to highly breaking the law on a daily basis. Is it 85 here? have to get... Flow of traffic, sir. I was just going along with everyone else. <laughs> yes. Plus, I've got my invisible car now, so it doesn't oh, matter. That helps. It that helps fantasy. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 have, I have a Lincoln Zephyr, which is a grandpa car, and I believe it's invisible to police. Nobody so, cares, right? So far, it's so good. Really it's good not a red car. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. not a... You yeah, guys, have, you, have you guys been to Tesla? Uh-huh. I've sat in one. I, I was listening to someone talk about the autopilot on there, and it oh. got me really interested wow. in them. Like saying you could drive on the highway and not have to touch the, the steering wheel until you exit. It's wow. coming. I've heard like futurists say in 20 years, you probably won't be allowed to drive your car anymore. Real, allowed to? Because we're more dangerous than the computer. Oh, we're, we're way more dangerous. <laughs> I mean, driving so... It looks dangerous like, right now. It looks like the thought is that you will connect to the system when you hit the freeway. And so then, then you know, as you come off the exit, right. you'll take control. Again. Or the car can continue to drive either way. But when you're on the freeway. Yeah, that's so not going to work because you're going to have so many people who pass out and sleep while they are. You well, know, good, when, but at least the, the car is going to take care of business. No, but that's what oh, I'm saying. But then they the have exit. to get out and yeah. all of a sudden they're like. <laughs> you know, no, the Teslas are great. Um, there's a guy I'm working with right next to me. He's got one and it's quiet and it. Awesome vehicle. Use a, there's a showroom on the Third Street Promenade that you can go and sit in them and check yeah, it out. I know they're like the the whole center console is like the size of bigger than the iPad. Oh, yeah. right? They're like the big giant wow. screen, and it's, and it's weird because where the transmission would normally be doesn't exist. You have this extra space. Oh, okay. Because it's just I've never even been in. I haven't been inside one, but I, I've I've really started looking them up online now. When it's, when I heard that autopilot, it just got me. They're I know they're ahead of their time. Compared to the autopilot thing, so I can't imagine in five years well, where they're going to be. Imagine never going to the gas station again. Plus, yeah, out here yeah. you can get the full rig where your solar panels will power no your car. No way. Oh yeah, it'll charge no, your. It'll charge someone's going to shut that night. down. I mean, come yeah. on, the oil and companies have to, to shut them down. Hey, they already yeah. did once. They did when the yeah. EV ones. Who killed away. the electric car? Yeah, right. documentary. Yeah, yeah. Someone's going to have to shut that down. I mean, well, or how can the oil company get in on the electric yeah. car business then? Maybe the batteries? it's just time for the oil companies to go away. Good luck. Yeah, oh, but I know. Good luck. You know, when you're that powerful and have that much money, they're not going away. Too yeah. many the people. guys that make $40 billion of profit and pay no taxes, those yeah. guys, yeah. So they how, do sort of have the fix in. What happened? You, so you know the, what, the deep water, the horizon oh, yeah. thing that, bur- that burst? So I always joke with people about this. How, what's the newest thing going on right now? The, I was on this cruise recently, and the Zika virus was going around. Oh, yeah, oh, we stopped in Haiti. The boat stopped in Haiti. Oops, sorry. The boat stopped there, and a lot of people were scared to get out. I was like, I'm not, I'm not worried about it at all, just because they had to talk about it a little bit. The whole boat's worried. Oh, did you, is it a bug bite in your arm? Yeah. They're like asking me, like, don't even talk to me, man. I'm all right. I'm not pregnant. You'd be more worried about malaria than you would the yeah. virus. But the like, it's like when thing when they stop talking about it, it's like it never happened. So the whole deep water horizon. Remember, they had the camera on it 24 hours a day, where you could pull it up and watch it, how much oil it's dumping in mm-hmm. to the Gulf. And then all of a sudden, one day they just decide to move on to another yeah. story. And it's like, yeah. it's how it is. Where to go? Yep. Yeah. That yeah. can still be a, leaking oil. On all the last year, that was the big thing. Yeah. So where is it now? Like what? What? What's the progress like? They, they plugged it, but you know the the sad thing about that whole story was the dispersants they were That's using. That's what killed them, right? Was the worst shit. The Earth is used to this stuff. Seepage happens in the ocean all the time. You don't need to break it up. They're just trying to hide the damage. Yeah, that when one they should have just left it alone. You put itself. the poison on there. Madness. But yeah. they, didn't they get fined like a, billions, a billions of dollars? Yeah. And it's BP. So it's if you can pay billions of dollars in a fine and just not even skip a beat, how does that work? Yeah. Well, you should have seen the craziness we had here that they just plugged. We had a methane leak that changed fifteen hundred families out of their houses. Oh, yeah. 
up in Simi Valley, just north of here. 1,500, jeez. Yeah, and, they and, could and you not couldn't see it. it. They, they went no on for way. months. It, yeah, they busted it in October, and it, they just stopped it a week ago. Yeah, no, it's insane. And you're talking about just, it, like, it would do more damage than, like, 10 million cars a day. Wow. Of just yeah. shit pouring out of the ground. And it was invisible, but these people snuck up with, like, these UV cameras or oh, whatever. Oh, okay. And you could see this plume of shit. So what shit. if you lit a match right there? See, I always wanted yeah, that, exactly. too. So I figured that shit would have just... Yeah, that can be good. That definitely can be good. But I don't know how it didn't happen. But yeah, so now all these folks are moving back in their homes, and there's all these weird splotches and shit all over their houses. <laughs> some people are like, I'm not, I'm no. never moving back. Buy me a new no. house. No, but in yeah, fact, that's one of the problems with, uh, places yeah. like LA that you get, you know, it's convenient. You meet some of the coolest people you can meet because everybody comes to the center of the empire, yeah. you know, if you want to make something happen, whether it's TV, whether it's movies, whether it's music, whether it's any kind of thing. There's so much talent out here and at the same time there are some crappy living conditions you know when you look at the pollution you look at the traffic they have to put up with the no space the all of and that the cost so of living though like cost where of living you, is brutal the the tiniest it's, places are, yeah, are, are can be a million dollars yeah, that's no, what what ridiculous. do people it's ridiculous. i don't i don't know how normal people do it yeah i, I don't mean, you can't touch a house for under 400 yeah. grand. That's what's... Yeah. And I imagine 400 grand would probably be quite a nice house in Columbus. Yeah. Very, very nice. Yeah. Exactly. So you get a nice acre acre lot in a, yeah. in a badass great house. Great, solid house yeah. that with yeah. a basement. And yeah, people not heard exactly of what no. you got. No, for no. sure. But... You well, pay for the weather. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what they say. And there's no question about it. It is... You know, despite this, the rain is a lovely change of pace. Yeah, my, uh, my daughter, because she's lived in her lay all her life when she sees rain she gets so happy yeah she's yeah. just like it's the coolest thing in the world to her like she see rain and she's like rain yes. i can see that that's pretty cool then uh, like, i always wondered at people that grow up here like what is your view on not only the country but the world when you grow up yeah. in this weird spot man yeah she gets like, so excited you know yeah. like, she literally like when it rains she wants to run outside and dance in the rain <laughs> literally like, not like a metaphor like literally doing that's that cool because then, it's just man. so cool like she sees I took her up to Big Bear this winter and was the first time that she saw... She had been in the snow before when it was already on down, but it was the first time that she saw snow falling. Oh, man. And she was in heaven, right? She was the coolest thing in the world. So it's... Uh, yeah, it, it's trippy. It's definitely And that's trippy. a nice thing. You know, everything's available. You can... Li I mean, everybody's yeah. fond of saying you can ski in the morning and surf in the afternoon, yeah. and you really can do it. But, and uh, But, yeah, I I do miss the seasons. There's just something about those crisp autumn days when you know it's football season then again it's easier for us to say because we don't have them exactly. after you know five months of shoveling snow yeah, no maybe snow. you don't miss it so much no. yeah know? exactly it's no one yeah i mean i i grew up in it so that's all i know it's the seasons but place like people talk about like north carolina even nashville and you get you still get the seasons oh yeah you don't get the harsh harshness of yeah. them though oh, but nashville is that damn humidity yeah that's what that's what sucks like my brother-in-law lives in miami oh fort lauderdale and i was like there's like four months in the summer where you can't even go outside, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, everything's, oh, everything's got those de giant mosquito nets up. Too. Yeah, if you yeah. walk from your front door to your car, especially if you're like a professional and you have to get dressed up, like you have to, I'm going to have to change three times right. in a day. No, that's ridiculous. I, don't, I can't no. do that, man. I hate that. Not a fan of that. So speaking of crazy weather, what's the coldest game you ever played in? You had to be in oh, some man. bastards. It just had to be. I played in some really, really cold ones. I don't know what the exact, like, the, the lowest well below temperature. Well, yeah, sure. well below zero. On, on multiple occasions. The coldest one I can remember, though, we played in Chicago. 
in like 2007 maybe brett Favre was still still there and it was so windy you know the windy city obviously i mean green bay we had a lot of cold ones nfc championship game my second year was considered i think one of the coldest i was ever in it was negative 15 or something whatever What's it, like it was terrible at that it's I mean, not fun at least you get to do the hitting is yeah. that better don't you feel like i always get i, I think always, you have the greatest position on the team oh i agree i mean that's why i started playing as a young kid yeah, yeah you get to run and hit people so it's great <laughs> <laughs> and you're always possibly in the play yeah you're set closest behind yeah track the quarterback never really out of watch for the run and then nail whoever the fuck has the ball yeah, you got awesome. that's football right there. Oh my god, that's, that's football. That's how I've played for ten years in the NFL now. Do you <laughs> have a favorite lick of all time? Is there somebody you cracked that you just maybe he was mouthing oh, and deserved it? Oh man, or maybe and we should. You know what? No, it's like fine. I think I've I think I might have answered this before. I, I, it's hard to think of one specific hit in football, but I know the purest hit I ever had came my freshman year in high school in gym class. So we were playing a game called speedball, which there's no way they let him play anymore. Yeah. <laughs> And it was just like you, we had one ball, and you tried a like rugby type thing, and someone threw this ball up to this kid, and I didn't like the kid very much. I remember he was kind of a punk, and I just hit him right in the ribs so hard with like my shoulder and my head, and he fell and he smacked the the wood Ooh. floor in the gym, and it was so loud and it just felt so good and so pure. <laughs> and the kid, the kid got up. He, he ended up getting up and was fine, and no wow. one got in trouble and. The gym teacher was worried for a little bit that the kid's parents might say something or whatever, but everything worked out great. So that was honestly my the purest hit I've ever had. Or you nice. got the best uh, ego boost without the damage that they One hundred percent. Yes. Oh, man, I, I was like fourteen guy. years old. Good. Right. Felt great. Felt great. The kid was yeah. the kid was kind of a punk, so I've always I was trying to line him up, and yeah. everything came together that day. You know, when you have that moment <laughs> where you even have the moral justification, it's like it doesn't get any better than this. <laughs> yeah. this I would never take that shot on him on my right. body. Yeah, <laughs> right. <you're> right. <laughs> but on that guy, feels good. Yeah. What's uh, what's draft day like? Because you, you oh. probably knew you had a good chance. You were a great player in college. <laughs> um, draft, man, it's different for everybody, obviously, depending on when you go. Like when you Now it's even It's got to be worse now, though. Coverage now. Yeah, insanity. there was a lot of coverage. and I, ended, I stayed at home when I was drafted in Ohio with my family, everybody at the house. Um, Just waiting for the phone to ring. Yeah, pretty much. You have no idea. The only thing that I, I'd say I regret, like I was over there with my wife, who was my um, – fiance at the time my parents were at, we were at my parents house actually in centerville ohio where i'm from and all, we have a big extended family they all came over and we we're just watching and then he got a call a couple minutes before i got drafted by green bay um and i got a call maybe three minutes before they announced your name i'd say and he said hey stay on the phone we're about to you know we're about to pick you so i'm like oh geez this is it i guess wow and then the only thing I regret is that, so then you sit there and watch, and they call your name, and, you know, your parents, everyone cheers and hugs you and all that stuff. But as they were doing, as they were calling my name, they made me stay on the phone with, like, one of the coach's assistants to set up a flight to get up there that night to Green Bay from Ohio. So there was, like, bam, 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 I'm, I'm there. I'm in Green Bay. And I didn't really even, like, see him. I didn't really hear him call my name or anything. Right. I did later on when someone – and, you know, DVR'd it and showed me and everything my parents did. But I didn't really take any, get those, the time to really so. soak it up when it happened, I would say. Because I was – yeah, they, they make you stay on there and try to give them 
all your information to get to, get to make the fight. <laughs> it's so. like you're there having the time of your life yeah. rather than basketball. Like, come on, man. I don't like, want to hold this phone up to my so ear. So what's your ID number again? Yeah. And, and uh, going back, I, I should have been like, hey, man, we'll just, I'll call you right back. Give me 20 let me, minutes. Let me yeah, call you right back. back. Even yeah. five minutes. Let me call yeah, you right exactly. back. But you don't want to mess it up at the point. I'm sure you like, you know. Oh, yeah, I didn't know. Whatever you say, sir. I was 21, I think, and just like whatever. Same thing happened after we won the Super Bowl in Super Bowl 45, I guess it's 2010, 2011. I don't even know. I don't. Where does the time? What go? was it? Yeah. 2010, and uh, <clears throat> the game was over. Bam! My two-month-old daughter, which my first kid, was just born. My wife, they bring her out. I'm holding her and everything. I didn't even see the trophy until the next day on the plane because <laughs> I was just I was stupid. I wasn't. I didn't have. That's another thing. Like being shy, I think, and not wanting to like mess anything up sure. they sent some lady out to me and was like hey i'm like your media consultant for the rest of this is right after the game streamers yeah. all this so like she kind of took me around to do the interviews like right a couple on the field and then back underneath the stadium and i didn't even like watch them do the proceed or the trophy presentation right. all that stuff i was in the back and all of a sudden i come to the locker room still have all my pads on and everyone's like showered and getting ready to get on the bus and go to the hotel and everything. I was like, "What did I miss? You were the I only doing? one who was doing I was, the rounds." Yeah, because I was just—I didn't say no. Like yeah. the rest of them, were like, "Yeah, right, get out of here." And they just went in. <laughs> they went in and started hanging out and drinking and, and having fun with all the teammates. Right. And I was just assumed this is what we do. So I just followed this lady around. She was really nice. But isn't, isn't that funny that you have in you both? Uh, I guess those two different souls. On the other end, on one end, you have this sort of shy homebody want to be nice to everybody side to you and on the other hand it's like damn that day when I got to hit him in the ribs and make him bounce 20 feet away didn't that feel good yeah that's why I've always enjoyed that whole whatever that is with, with football and with sports you, you get to do that and I think yeah. a lot of fighters seem to have have a lot of that a lot mm-hmm. of the best fighters always say they don't fight angry yep. and I, I think football is a similar thing man once you get once you get angry and Everyone's had it where you just freak out and you black out for a minute and you just go crazy. I think everyone can relate to that at some point in their life. And when sure. you do that in the football field, it's not it's not going to end well. Like you just heard Conor McGregor say he didn't he is he wasn't very efficient with his energy mm-hmm. during that fight with Nate Diaz. Yeah. And I don't think Conor didn't look like he was going crazy. He didn't look no. like he was just throwing down and said, yeah. I don't care. We're just going to stand here and try yeah. to knock each other out, which was an amazing fight, by the way. Yeah, I think he was shocked that those shots weren't affected. Didn't land him. I yeah. thought I thought they were going to affect him, didn't you? Oh, yeah, totally. Well, I'm like, Luke man, Connor, this is unbelievable. Like, Nate better watch out. And well, then Nate the started pr- landing a few. Yeah, but that's the like, problem, oh. that A, he's a dude who's a lot heavier than he's used to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. B, he's a guy, Nate Diaz is a guy who has a chin made oh. of iron, and so even for that weight size, he's particularly <clears> resilient. So, you know, Connor is hitting him with everything but the kitchen sink, and Diaz is like, damn, you know, it's he's the, bleeding. It the, he but he went up too much. You think he just went up too much? Yeah, too yeah. much weight. Yeah, I think yeah. he had it's, those four inches were important. Going from one forty-five to one seventy. No, that's yeah. insane. That's, Even though Connor, what does Connor walk around at one fifty-five? He probably does, but you know, you're still going up against a guy who probably by fight time weighed maybe 10, 15 pounds more, which oh, yeah. is not huge, but he's big enough, and but he's used to it more than you mm-hmm. as a frame that's more built for that kind of weight than yeah. the McGregor does. I mean, there's, you know, lightweight, maybe he can pull it off. Welterweight, no way. You know, yeah. it's, just, it's a wrong weight for the guy. It's not. It was uh, still a war, though. Yeah, no. That's what was, I, you, I give Connor tons and yeah. tons of credit. And, and Nate, too. I mean, Nate, 
No, I've always loved the Diaz brothers. Bolts of yeah, iron all around, you know, all those guys. But, uh, you know, and, and people are always bitching when somebody, you know, especially when you talk your game so mm-hmm. big like Connor does. But the dude is an entertainer, you know. He needs to talk in order to make sure yeah. that people watch the fights. And he's cool about it, you know. He's, he's always like, cool afterwards. Yeah, after that was the great thing. He exactly. was cool afterwards. He didn't dodge it at all. He no, answered the like, question. Hey. He's like, look, it's like life, you know. If you win some, you lose some. So I'm going to get shot. back in. I'm not going to shot. And Did you see his, like, Instagram post or yeah, whatever was it was? That afterwards, was it was the best. Like, that was brilliant. Still took Absolutely. a shot at Dos Anjos and uh, Aldo. Yep. And I didn't see what Aldo did. Aldo celebrated him after he was. Yeah, that's such a wimp moment. I just listened to Chael Sonnen talk about on his podcast how he said, I think Chael said if they, if Aldo fights uh, Connor, that Chael said, I'm not going to cover it. He covers for ESPN. He does like broadcasting analyst. And he said, I'm not going to cover it because he lost all respect for Aldo. And he's like, you don't ever kick a man when he's down. You don't ever, he's like, this guy, he knocked you out in 13 seconds and you're going to sit here and celebrate him losing when Connor still encounter handed himself the right way right afterwards too. So yeah, no, it's ridiculous. But what are they going to do though? What's the next fight going to be then for Connor? Who knows? And, uh, you know, by the time we air, which is not even going to be that long from now, but they may may have figured it out. But right now it's, uh, yeah, I think he needs, the problem is even going back to 145 is going to be rough. Because yeah. he's going to have either Aldo, which is not exactly an easy fight. Mm-hmm. Granted, you know, he did great the first time, but it's not an easy fight. Or Edgar was even worse yeah. because he has the oh. wrestling game going that would be That's Connor's be battle tonight. So it's, you know, he doesn't have a good fight anywhere because at 155, the Sanyos is a monster. At mm-hmm. 145, you got Aldo with the easy fight, quote-unquote, <laughs> and he's a dude that's been undefeated for most of his entire career. Or uh, Edgar was complete kryptonite for McGregor yeah. style. So, I don't know, man. doesn't look super... It's not going to be an easy path, that's for sure. Wherever, whichever yeah. way it goes. I almost wish they give him, like, BJ Penn, kind of old legend, yeah. jump in, Connor can win. That'd be cool to see that fight. Back up. BJ's trying to come... He's coming back, right? Yeah, he yeah. Want, he wants to. I don't know to, why. I don't think that's a good idea. Cause, but I think that's the problem. And actually, I'm curious what your take is on it, is... Anybody who has been in sports at such a high level, I mean, is it? It's the most okay. addictive thing in the world. You got the crowds cheering for you. You got your whole identity is wrapped around being the center of attention, where everybody like cheer for you. They love you. Everything else. And once you're out, you're out. You know, mm-hmm. people are like, "Oh yeah, I, I remember that guy." You know, but it's <clears throat> you're not. Uh, after you've been used to that level of attention, it's kind of like when you have kids, right? When mm-hmm. you have somebody who's the little kid and they get all the attention and now you're like, okay, now you're the middle child because we got the new baby and you're screwed. And that doesn't go well, yeah. you know? That just, there's that moment, which is why a lot of athletes stay in too long. Oh, always. And it seems you want to see it yeah. all the time. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, t- I played two years with Brett Favre, and that was when he went from the whole Green Bay to New York oh, and then yeah. to Minnesota. And I played against Brett. When he went to Minnesota, so it's like no matter how I got a pick, I picked him off. I got him assigned. I got him assigned the ball. That's the one thing I have. That's like one of the very few keepsakes of memorabilia that I have. I actually want to like. I thought about keeping on. I got him to sign it. So yeah, I was very happy he signed it. Um, but uh, you see, no matter what, and it doesn't matter. Like, there's no like magic time where it's like, okay, now it's cool. I can just walk away. Yeah. Look, Peyton Manning just retired. He wouldn't retire if he could still throw the ball. If he didn't yeah. have nerve damage or whatever it is in his oh, hand, yeah, he can't feel his fingers. Yeah, so like if he could physically still do it, I know you knew he, you know he yeah. wouldn't be walking away. Mm-hmm. And so it's like there's never a time when it's. I think anyone 
thinks, oh, this is, I'm 100% completely fine with this. No matter how long you play, no matter how you're locked to be a Hall yep. of Fame or whatever it is, it's like any sport. Yeah, I mean, but I think going into it, um, I mean, I'm 10 years in the NFL now, and since I was my rookie year, I remember I was always planning on what I'm going to do when I'm done playing. Yep. Because I know it could, it could one, I could fall down the steps and yep. my career could be over. So, I've always had that in the back of my mind. I'm not. I don't ever claim it's going to be like a super easy transition, um, but I definitely feel like I've always been taking the steps to make sure that it's another cliche thing. I hate like you're not football's not everything. Sure. And regardless, I have kids. And I have wife and kids and family. And they're they're number one. They've, they've always been ahead of football for me. But I mean that's easy to say. But you still have to have something you're passionate yep. about and things you work towards. And I have a lot of them now. Luckily through just exploring a lot of different things uh, outside of football and a lot of it broadcasting stuff. I'd like to get into that and do some football when I'm done. I've done a lot of uh, things practicing for that. And I love that's part of the reason I started my podcast to try to talk awesome. to people and interview. And I'm going to always keep my podcast going because it's all me. I yeah. have no boss Fun. <laughs> as much as I want to do. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of different things now, but man, I don't know. I don't know how um, different guys handle it differently. I've watched it. Um, from different people. I've listened to him explain it. Like So my brother-in-law, Brady Quinn, he's a quarterback in Notre Dame, uh, awesome guy. Brady's the man. and He, he works for uh, Fox now and does college games. He does a really good job as an analyst. And he explained it to my brother on a podcast. It was like heartbreaking. He said, my brother's like, well, what is it like? to?" Brady was found himself in the booth calling an NFL game like a year after he was, not even a year removed from playing in the wow. NFL. And he said, what was it like to do that how did you feel and brady said it was like watching the love of your life marry someone else Ooh. and he was like oh my god so like and you get to comment on yeah the whole and so on. like and brady said that on the on my brother's podcast the learning leader show it was called and my brother's like wow man that's like yeah that like gives you goosebumps hearing yeah. it i feel like and it was, i give brady a lot of credit for being so honest yep. as well so i mean i see that and I'm, i'm always aware of it and i think all of us just have to find a way to to uh You got to find stuff that you care about, you know, that you're passionate about. And I see that the biggest mistake I see guys make is that they don't ever think it's going to be over. Of course. Just like the money, yeah. yeah. You better figure out your money. You better, because best case scenario, you're going to retire at like 30 years old and yeah. you're not going to be getting those NFL checks anymore. Yeah. So you better figure out how to save your money, how to budget it. But on top of that, just to find something you're passionate about and not just feel like, oh, well, football's done. So now I guess, what do I do now? I've never right. had anybody, I've never. I've always had a schedule. I've always had someone tell me when to be somewhere mm -hmm. and what to do, and now it's all on me. You've yeah, got to have a plan in place, I feel like. Well, For, it is all they've been doing. All. I mean, yeah. high school, at least a couple years of college, and then probably junior high as well. You've been doing it for 11, 12 yeah, years course. before you even get to the pros. Yeah, I started playing football in second grade. Whoa. So what is that? What are you, eight, ten years old? I don't know, yeah. ten years old? Yeah, no, that's... 32 now. Are you, yeah. so, yeah. you going to have any problem with your, your boys if they want to play? What are we going to do about concussions? I've, I've, I've wondered this, man, and I always, I, I always looked at it when I was younger. I always would get mad at people and say concussions. Or, concussion is like the most overused term in football. Sure. I was like, what is a concussion? We don't, and I still think it's, it is to where – There's so many different levels of it. There has sure. to be. Mm -hmm. And with this whole CTE thing going around, you know, I think the study, what the most recent one, they, did, they studied 91, they did like autopsies on 91 former players and 86 of their brains had CTE in it, wow. some form of it. Which, And I'm like, all right. And then when you talk to somebody on both sides, though, I'm like, we need to see all the sides. 
let's do 91 just random people that didn't play football. How many of them had CT in their brain? Sure. Yeah. Whatever this, like, I think it's just so we're at the beginning of all this stuff. We don't really know. So, but yeah, a, a long winded answer. Yes. Yes, I will let my, my kids play no, football. And, and I understand this one. I would never want to be because I don't want anything to happen to football, but we just don't want to see anything happen I don't to either. you guys. I do That's think about it now, though. Thing. Like, I definitely over the last five years, I would say I've I become aware of, like, how my head feels in, in games and practice. And I, I used to never think about it. And but I've also been very lucky, knock on wood or whatever. Some people I think are more genetically inclined to get concussions and get knocked out and stuff. Because I've had buddies and people I know who have had the whole deal where they're after the game in the locker room, they're puking, they don't remember the game even though they finished it and wow. they played the rest of the game and yeah. get hospitalized overnight. Like I've never had anything like that, luckily. So I think some of us are born with hard heads and hard <laughs> hard nose. My nose was. Like a piece of granite now, man. My kids headbutt me, and they can't. Even, they can't do anything to me. Yeah, there's something nice about skull thickness. You got to be. Yeah, can we do a study on that? I, I feel got, like I've been very uh, lucky with that. Once I got thrown through a door, broke the wooden door, went through it at first, broke <laughs> the edge of the wall, and went into on the concrete. And wow. I got up, and I was like. You're fine. Totally fine, right? It's like my head has something always had it, that weird thing where it's just uh, yeah. It's like. I, I, should, I should punch, you know, block punches with my skull just because you that should, would be man. Best. Have you seen the movie uh, Southpaw, I mean? Right, right, right. I just watched it on the plane out here, which was a bad idea, yeah. man. I was watching, I saw the previews for that a long time ago, and his daughter in that is, what, like, eight years old. Yeah. I saw the previews, and they show you, like, his daughter being taken away from him and his wife. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, man. Ever since I have kids, I talk about the being emotional all the time. Or, yeah. I was sitting there with, like, a blanket on the plane like trying to like put it up close to my face and like <laughs> I was like every, hopefully everybody's sleeping like I was dying throughout that whole movie like yeah. his daughter says she doesn't love him she didn't want to be around him I wish I wish your I wish you'd have been killed not oh. mom I'm like oh, oh. my goodness yeah. man Jake Gyllenhaal in that movie is great but whew, that one killed me anytime there's like kids in a movie or especially daughters yeah being the father of three now who it gets me it isn't it amazing how much it changes you yeah and like it changes you and then at the same time you're not change at all, but just how you, I don't know. It turns just, something on, it's like a, a, a switch is flipped. Yeah, and it's like it's so annoying to people that don't have kids. I'm like, I don't care if you don't have yeah. kids. I don't. I didn't get mad at people. When I didn't have kids, I wouldn't sit in there and be like, shut up, man, stop talking right. about your kids. But um, it's something about it, yeah. I mean, it's a huge responsibility for yeah. us. You realize how much that kid is all, it's you. Like, mm-hmm. how? And the number one job as a parent, I think, is make sure your kid doesn't die. Keep him alive when That's he's young. That's a good start. Yeah. That's, uh... That's it. Boom. And then love him. After that, everything else is cake. And so, like, I just, my kids, no matter what, they know I love them. And I tell them every day and yeah. multiple times a day. And my daughter gets, feels really comfortable now because she, she'll repeat it all, like, the I give her all kind of funny sayings. And we have different bedtime routines. And we, qu- we quote Bruce Lee every night in bed. She, she, she says every night she says, "Be water, my friend, and me and Bruce Lee." And like, I read all kind of crazy things to her, and That's awesome. and so um, she loves it. And so like, she tells me all the time how she, she's like, "Dad, thanks for." Because I tell you, I'm, I'm gonna protect you forever and ever. Yeah. Like no matter what, I, there's nothing I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I would. I will always protect you no matter what. She's like, even when you're sick, Dad, because I was recently sick a yeah. while ago. I was like, there's nothing that would ever stop me from protecting. You. That's my number one job to yep. protect all you guys. And so it makes them like seeing how comfortable she gets seeing me. Like she believes it and she yep. knows I, I'm, I live it. And seeing that, it's like, it does something to you, man. Like oh, yeah. it makes you want to do everything great. Mm-hmm. Once you want to, like, you want to inspire them yep. to do different things. And I don't know, man, it's a weird, I don't know how to describe it, but something about the kids do it to you. And each kid I have, it's like 
Boom. And Times they're all a thousand. A total, they're all a total different trip, too. That's what they <laughs> Each their own person and will drive you crazy in their own special ways. But you obviously, that relationship you're having now, when she's 15, you're not going to have any problem. Because she she's going to base, so I'm hoping she's gonna, she's she's gonna gonna base draw, everything yeah. off of what her yeah. daddy's like and, and, and the way you and how treat, I treat her mom. Her mom yeah. Yeah. It's Absolutely. so important. That's what I've heard. Yeah. You you, I know Danielle right. said that, and I read that in an interview um, I think you did where you said – um, something you were talking about your daughter, and you said mm-hmm. she drives me, she drives me crazy. Yep. All at the same time of I don't know how you worded it, but at the same time of being the greatest thing ever. But you said that's that's in her job description or something. Yeah, I mean of, it's kind of like kids. They don't have to be bad kids to drive you insane. Oh, exactly. Just, yeah, you know just the kids. amount of time and energy that they require, and when you have to repeat the same thing twenty-seven times. <laughs> you know, there are six where you're like, oh my god, nobody told me about this part. You know, this <laughs> yeah. is, and yet. They, like then I look around sometime and I see some of kids in her school and I'm like oh my god I actually have it good because she's so much easier than most of these other kids so if I think this is hard this is a piece of cake this is yeah. a and then, you know, it's, um, but yeah, it puts you in check because, you know, you can't take your own, you know, with adults, it's easy to start blaming other people for their failings. And so you're mm-hmm. right, pointing the finger and going, you suck at this. And so I'm entitled to be mad at you now because you screwed up with a kid. You're an asshole if you do that, because, you know, yeah. as a kid, you know, they, they will mess up. They will do some crazy things and yeah. it's totally normal. It's not their fault. It's. So you can't have this self-righteous thing where you step in and point fingers and go, look, you made me yell at you. It's like, <laughs> no, man, it's your problem and you need to figure it out <laughs> to become a better parent, you know? And so it's, uh, yeah, it really puts a mirror in front of you and makes you see where you're at. It, and make, yeah, it makes you like live what you think you, like what you tell them, you're like, well, I got to start living like this. Like yeah. she'll tell me, oh, well, Tommy was mean to me in class today, so I got mad at him. I hit him. I'm like, no, listen, I, you need to. If someone's m- mean to you or you feel like they're mean to you, you know, let them know. Like, go yeah. ask them why. Like, are just little things here and there. Like, you can't go and just get angry at him and take it out on him. You need to figure out what's going on. I wonder why is he mad at you? Do yeah. you steal his toy, whatever? And you got to start telling him these like lessons. Like, man, I got to start actually living. Like I'm telling <laughs> right. I, I got to stop yeah. like gossiping or yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, like. Yeah. They, if they hear my wife and I say something about another kid or something, yeah. there's, that's another thing. You'll see other little kids that drive you crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the thing I see that I struggle with the most. I'm like, can someone parent this kid? Because yeah. I can't parent yeah. other people's of kids. Yeah. And so that makes me really like take a step back and realize, all right, now I, I, can't, be, I can't be freaking out when I see this other kid going crazy, being the little – with the Eddie Haskell reference, which right. people oh. used to say it to me, and I'm sure it's way over. I don't even under, <laughs> I don't even understand Eddie Haskell reference. I just know people used to call my friends Eddie Haskell when I was a kid. My mom, like that little kid's Eddie Haskell, and so you see that with other kids, and it just makes me nuts. Yeah, and so I have to I have to really step back and just realize, oh, I can't can't parent everybody's kid. Yeah, and even yeah. then, in you fact, wouldn't I want think to. it's mm-hmm. good to, with your own kids, you know, when inevitably they're going to have the kids at school that they hate, who are a pain to them, and all of that, it's kind of important to remind them, hey, you know, this kid is, they learned it from somewhere. It's not mm-hmm. that they were born uh, screwed up. You're right. It's they learned it from somewhere. So in some way, as much <clears> as <throat> you don't give them a pass on being messed up, you know, if they are being mean, they are being mean. So it's not that you need to turn the other cheek and always be nice. But at the same time, understand where it's coming from. Understand yeah. that they are probably having uh, crappy parents who don't give them attention. Some kids don't have a that. chance, man. Exactly. We definitely see that right away. Like, uh, you don't have right. a chance. I feel so bad for them yeah. where 
like no matter what you're you can just see the parents or the dad yeah has never even hugged the kid yeah no it's there the mom if is just anxiety ridden all yeah. day and oh man i see that happen a lot i'm like God, yeah. what are we how you, you can't get across you can, i don't know the kid doesn't have a chance when no, that happens exactly unless yeah. he gets away from his parents right away at at the end of high school or something and like opens their eyes and like wow man my and I don't know, man. It's just a weird, scary deal. A big responsibility. That's what made me realize how big of a responsibility it is to have kids. Yeah, one thing that drove me insane was when I noticed if I get edgy, I get angry, I raise my voice, then my daughter will listen to me 10 times better. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's a sh- bad pattern <laughs> that I'm establishing here. You know, this is not the way it needs to be. Once in a while, yeah, you need to make the big voice in the right moment. Mm-hmm. But if it's a habit, if that's the default mode, and that's you establish these dynamics that you get mad, then they cower and listen to you. That's a crappy relationship because you're establishing mm-hmm. a thing that's more based on fear than anything else. And I get scared that they're going to be looking for guys exactly. when they get older. Who that are all like. Or exactly. whether they know it or not, they're yep. going to be drawn to guys that take that power position exactly. and yell at them and exactly. stuff. That's what I, with girls especially, yep. you realize, man, girls and their dad, if you see a girl that's messed up, I always say you can, yep. she's going to have, she has dad issues yeah. man, for sure. You not Nothing's 100%, but no, there's but a it, solid chance their dad, her dad, she's been crying out for help her whole life and her dad just won't even look in her yep. direction. And it's funny because, you know, you hear these things where they seem like almost pop psychology where like, oh, come on, that's some kind of stereotypes, except that it's through 95% yeah. of yeah. the time. Oh, yeah, like, there's like, a reason Stereotype, yeah. stereotype. Chastity, yeah. stripper, you know, right, she's got yeah. dad issues. Right. Like, it's like, oh, look at that. Yeah. Yet again. Yeah. It's no, almost it's like, it's, it's, um, it kills me. And that's, man, I don't know. So it's <laughs> something that I'm always, that's that's another thing I've, I've become like so curious about. When I see someone that has really good kids that mm-hmm. are like, if their kids are whatever age they may be, I'll like go to their parents and be like, hey, what did you do? You <laughs> How know, do you do this? Yeah, you know what puzzles me sometimes when I see kids who multiple, like brothers and sisters, they're really good, like mm-hmm. they're really sweet, good human beings. And I look at their parents and it just doesn't make any sense. Like, <laughs> that just, these people do not lead to this. Something must have, I, I don't get it, you know? It's like, yeah, that it's good, just doesn't happen, add up. How know? does that work? Yeah. What's your, um, so we, oh, we are recording. Yeah, yeah, perfect. So, Unless we want to talk about what happened to the Bengals at the end of the season. <laughs> what happened? Those guys went crazy, man. What was that all about? Yeah. You had Pac-Man Jones on your team, didn't you? Mm-hmm. He just there. re-signed, too. Um, I know he's talented. He's a stud player, man. I know, man. He's so fucking quick and good, but he just it's, gets fiery and can't control it. Well, that's kind of how, um, you know, especially as a defense, you got to find a way to play on that line without crossing it. Yeah. And there's, sometimes it's hard not to. So, but it was a lot of that frustration because you guys looked like you had a good team last year. And it just... Oh, yeah, we had a great team and a lot of talent everywhere you look. Yeah, um, yeah it's hard to especially get to end the season like that in the playoffs. Yeah. What a weird, crazy situation it was. Their coach was on the field. Joey Porter came out on the field. He ended up getting fined for it. Like, he was right in the middle of the field. And so, guys, I don't know, said something to him, whatever. But One of the craziest I don't things I've ever it. seen, for sure. It really was. I, I mean, the refs lost control of that game yes, from the jump. definitely. So they, they from the get-go, from the get-go, they, whatever, they let a lot of different things happen on both sides of the ball that they should have taken control. So to end like that, yeah, it's brutal. It's a brutal ending. But that's that's also the same reason why our defense was really good a lot of the time is because they're passionate guys that really care, and sometimes it's hard to, to turn that off. Yeah, I mean, how do you, when you are, that's, I think, is the trick about life, really. Well, like, <laughs> how do you get to be so passionate without 
that extra attachment that makes you go crazy when things don't pan out yeah. the way you want. That's and like football. It's like fighting anything, don't you think? Yeah, really? I mean, life, like I mean, you yeah, said. It's like, because really, in li- like even in life, it's like, how do you love somebody, like with your kids, how do you love somebody to death and at the same time be able to be hands-off where you give them their space, you're not trying to control everything they do, you accept yeah. when they screw up <laughs> and you see them make decisions. They're like, oh man, I can't believe But, you know, how do you do that? It's like, how do you do passion slash love without that desire to control the outcome and micromanage like every situation which probably a lot of bosses i'm sure people that run companies deal with and they just want to control every every single part instead of just hiring like any job as a coach like your number one thing is to hire good coaches and then let them do their thing like set it set it Put everything in motion, get it going, let them know like this is that this guy runs the show, like the head coach, he we're gonna do what what I say in the schedule, but you guys have control and I trust you. I think yep. people need trust and with kids, I know that's how I try to my wife sometimes always talks about how much anxiety she has. She's like, Oh, every once in a while she'll just get anxiety about like our kids growing up and the, what are they gonna do when they're driving and yep. like I don't <laughs> want them to go all this stuff and I'm and like just the things that stuff that kids have to deal with now that i didn't have to back in the day and when i was growing up and it's just um i'm like all we can do is try to teach them to make good decisions and that's all we can do and and trust that they're going to do that and they're going to mess up sometimes and hopefully it's not a it's small little missteps here and there be be sure to remind her that before they drive she'll spend a year with them in the car while they're driving when they get their temps right yes that you want to talk about some epic yeah terror you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna i'm gonna get so i learned how to i assume both of you guys can drive stick shift oh yeah okay my wife can as well (laughs) i don't know anyone that can drive stick shift anymore it seems like yeah it's so rare and so like i'd I'd learned to drive on a stick on a little tiny two-door honda civic that was my brother's and I'm so happy I did now because yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't know how to drive stick if I didn't have that Civic. But you could drive anything. Exactly. And now I, I talk to so many people that can't. I mean, there's not many sticks left out there yeah. really in cars. But still, like you should be able to drive it. Yeah. Everyone should learn how to do that. And I'm gonna have to find an old an old junker to my, no, teach my kids. Volkswagen still come. You know, yeah, brand right. new ones. My that, my parents did that exact thing to me when I got my car when I first got my license. Yeah, stick. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah, whereas, for the very same reason. They whereas in Europe, the re- automatic is just like, what? Really? Automatic Still? It's like it's old stick. Pretty, not old, but close. It's kind of hard. How, do you, how do you text and drive a stick oh, there's and no, no, hold your girlfriend's no, hand? No, that's, yeah, it's complicated. <laughs> you can't do it all. It's complicated, definitely. No, Here you want an automatic because that traffic would drive you crazy. Yeah. I have a, I had a, yeah. I had a uh, GMC Sierra that was stick. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen too many pickup trucks that were stick. I loved it because you drop that V8 in a second. You're gone, you know? Yeah, driving driving stick in LA, I think it's oh, a weight loss problem. Because just the amount of calories you yeah, think about that. moving the, in the hills, yeah. opposite yeah. leg, yeah. That, that clutch foot. Man, yeah. let me tell you, you'd be walking around all lopsided. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to ask another football question now because you here. You must have known that the Broncos were going to win, being a defensive minded guy. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I can't claim to have known that. I think I said that Bronco defense was epic. They're unbelievable, but I don't think any of us have ever seen anyone dominate like they did in the Super Bowl from those outside rushers like Von Miller and Marcus Ware and yeah. all the guys in the middle. They one second they're in the backfield. Yeah, Just, so it's like Tom. Like, what could I mean? I'm talking AFC Championship game against Tom Brady. Even right. like, what could he have done? Yeah, I mean, you're getting blasted every single play, whether that he's getting sacked or not. So yeah, the, and especially then to go in and do it in the Super Bowl like he did. 
I don't know. I can't claim that I knew the Broncos were going to win. I, I remember I, going into it, I said, I was like, you know, Carolina's offense has been great all year. But if that was like if they can get if Denver can get pressure on them, you never know what's going to happen. If they can get some turnovers, and then it, it'll be a ball game. And Denver's defense never let up. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like they could have a lot of times you can hold up for three quarters or so, three and a half quarters as a defense like that, and then the offense is going to make a few plays and they win the game. Right. But Denver said, yeah, that's not happening. We're going to keep coming after you. It was from incredible. Jump, I don't I don't remember anything. I mean, even like like the old Bears team and things like that, they were great, but they weren't that speed. And that would yeah, – it, it was coming from every direction. If you're a quarterback facing that stuff, I, I cannot imagine. Quarterbacks hate to feel uncomfortable, and there's no chance any of those guys were ever comfortable. In real in time, what, what kind of time does he have from the second the ball hits his hand? Like – I mean, he Seconds. might have maybe one and a half, two at the most Jesus. there. And he's still got to be thinking like and feeling them. Even when he gets rid of the ball, he still knows like they're one step away or they're hitting him as he's releasing the ball. Wow. That takes its toll on you after a while when yeah. you, you can't step into throws. A quarterback needs to be able to step up in the pocket and step into a throw. And if you're throwing off your back foot all day, it's going to be a long day. Yeah, wow. see, that's rough. We let you off the hook earlier about the whole post-football uh, life, but you were saying maybe broadcasting? Was that the idea? Because like, you were saying you know, you've been thinking about it so long, about what else beside <clears throat> something that you've been so passionate about. How do you end up not doing the I'm watching my bride marry somebody else kind of thing? You, <laughs> um, um, well, I, I, I don't know. I can't speak. I can't claim to speak for how exactly I'll feel sure. when I know I'm done for sure. But I mean, I know I'm, I'm close to being done. I mean, I can't believe I've played ten years in the NFL. I'm going on my eleventh now. But uh, yeah, I probably four years ago I went to the thing. The NFL puts on a thing called a broadcast boot camp, and you go and they bring in all the, these execs and TV guys. And you got to apply to it. They sure. take like twenty, twenty-five players uh, in it, and you for like three straight days they put you through the boot camp from like 7 a.m to 10 at night and they give you homework and you film all this stuff on camera and you practice basically every single aspect of different broadcasting and i really enjoyed the uh do being an analyst for the game you know like a joe buck and nice. troy aikman i like being the troy aikman guy the the analyst that gets to chime in throughout the game that's what my brother-in-law does now and that's what i think i the area where i want to go into um, when I'm done, it, to keep me in like that football part because I still love football. I don't watch a I don't watch a ton of football to tell you the truth. I watch the most right now. I watch almost every UFC event, and then other than that, I don't know. I don't I don't other sports. Basketball doesn't really interest me anymore. Mm-hmm. Ever since Jordan retired, what fifteen years <laughs> Actually, ago? <laughs> me too. As a matter of fact, I don't know. Steph Curry, I find him amazing. Yeah, Steph yeah, Curry, I can amazing. watch. He really yeah. is kind of. I'll watch fun. Steph Curry. Yeah, he's he's awesome. awesome. And, and LeBron's from Ohio, so I watched LeBron play oh, in high want, school. I want him to win one for Cleveland so bad. Yeah, talk about it's, city. It's gonna be tough now. I man. know it's harder than ever. I thought Johnny Football was going to do it for him. No, I know. Good lord, what were they thinking? I enjoyed as much as everybody gave shit. I enjoy Kobe too. I, uh, oh, I love Kobe. I, like Kobe. I love Kobe. Just, uh, yeah. I love you got to respect the least like his passion. Oh, man. Well, he's yeah. bumming people out, though. But he sat out nine home games in a row. This year? Yes. Oh, he did? Yeah, it's pissing people off. This is their last well, year. It's like it's a whole lot retirement of tour. It's yeah, kind of weird here. Yeah, man. and he's doing all these, he's playing all these, you know, away games with these people wow. that, you know, yeah, but sitting the in the time. 200 and 300 levels that are dying to see Kobe, maybe for the only time in life, and he's sitting. And they're paying him a lot of money. He, and he won't even dress out. Well, but that's the other aspect. He's 
he probably should have been out three years ago. Yeah, he's keeping he's him so together beat up. with scotch yeah. tape. You no, know, no, so I'm with you. Like I don't want him to get no... hurt, but I just can't imagine if you take it. It's like, but I don't like. I don't think he's exactly happy about it. You know, I don't think he's like. No. Eh, I don't think I'm gonna play today. He's yeah. probably the kind of guy who will die to play For go sure. out there. But he's literally he's like put hurt. together with scotch Man, tape. No. I went to a, a Lakers. I don't know if you guys go to Lakers games at all, but I went. However many years ago when Kobe was still, mm-hmm. he was still yep. doing it. And my wife got us, um, it was for her birthday or something. She's like, well, I need to do like, she likes to do like experiences, not just gifts yep. or whatever. So we got nice tickets out to a Lakers game, not floor, not floor seats or anything, but just whatever. And it went to triple overtime. Oh, wow. And Kobe had like 60 or something. <laughs> and I think they ended up, they ended up getting beat. But it was like I was like I hope this thing goes to nine overtime. Yeah. It was unbelievable, yeah. like the atmosphere there, yeah. man. Yeah. I was, I went in as I mean I was yeah. I've been a Kobe fan for a long time, and just watching him, I was like this yeah. dude was like all right, I'm gonna take the ball. I'm not even gonna think about passing, yeah. and I'm gonna just hit these unbelievable shots from everywhere and take the game over and gave his team a, t- a chance to win. That's what he did for so many years, and it's like whoo. People could knock like how he went about it, and he didn't get along with Shaq, whatever. Yeah, we whatever. don't know any. The thing is, no. we don't know any no, of these exactly. guys. Exactly. We don't know any of them personally. We don't yeah. know what they're like. We only yeah. know what the media paints them to be. Exactly. Yep. So good or bad, there's yeah. a lot of guys that are painted to be really good guys that are definitely not, are right. not. Yeah, yeah. and course. are super fake and super arrogant, and they they're not authentic yep. at all. This image they put they they give across. So. We don't know people. No, of so course not. I can respect what I see on the court from Kobe, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. the drive and passion is out of this world. Oh, yeah. For sure. I mean, it's like, Jordan had the same yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And he, I think he, he he openly admitted, like, he tried to craft his game after Jordan. He, yeah. He, when he shoots free throws, he looks like Jordan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he does yeah. the same. Uh, yeah, no, there are some of those guys who are just, it transcends sports. It's not about sports. It's about just, sports are beautiful in that sense because there's a, primal simplicity in it where it's just there's a basket <laughs> you need to put the ball in it there's uh you need to cross that line in football you need to you know there's something fighting right one guy will stand one guy will drop mm-hmm. that's very simple there's an objective beauty to it where you know when people talk you can talk forever but eventually somebody may be like oh they have a much better argument but there's not that clarity of no yeah. you nailed it you know you you did in sports, there's no argument. You know, you win in a dominant fashion. You won. There's just nothing left to be said. And I think there's that raw ability of some people to just put the last minute part of themselves into the game to achieve that result. Mm-hmm. It's something pure. There's something sacred about that. You know, there's something amazing about that ability to be 110% focused on the task at hand and give all of yourself to make it happen without, because you can be thinking about what you're going to do after the game and what's tomorrow and all of that. Mm -hmm. You know, when you are at that level, you need to be, there's only this one moment and nothing else. I always wonder, like, is that to the guys that are like the the 1% of the 1%, like the Kobe and Jordan, does it come – can you have that without – can you have a well-balanced guy that has that? <laughs> it's like Michael Jackson. Probably Could not. Michael Jackson have been a well-adjusted human right. with a with a wife and three kids yeah. and just – and not been taking propofol to fall asleep? Yeah. Like, no, do no, you no, have – the childhood. You don't yeah. have – I always wonder that. Like, is there a guy – can you have it all where you're not – they don't just blow up some part of their life. And I'm not saying, like, any of them are bad guys or whatever. But, like, no. I mean, everyone knows, like, Jordan was crazy gambling. I mean, he still died, whatever. But, like, I don't know. There's just no – I always wonder. Those guys are the absolute 
tip of the spear. I'm do preparing uh, now a history on fire episode. I'm doing the research kind of well ahead of time, right? So mm -hmm. this is probably for October or November, and I'm preparing a couple of episodes about Theodore Roosevelt. Mm -hmm. And I started noticing a pattern in all the guys I'm attracted to as far as personality that I'm like, okay, this is somebody that I'm, it's as a cool story. I'm interested in this person, you know. I was thinking, you know, the crazy horse, the Theodore Roosevelt, the Caravaggio. The, I was like, what's the common thread here? They are all mildly mentally deranged. Yeah. You know, there's something there where it's not exactly well adjusted <laughs> to. And yet there's a degree of passion that's larger than life, you know. Mm -hmm. So do I agree with every choice they make? Hell no. There are so yeah. many things where I'm like, wow, what are you thinking there? You know, what the... But at the same time, you got to admire that the heart, you know, the yeah. well, that's drive that, that creates that yeah. sort of insane decision making. Yeah, and I mean, again, it's a fine line because at the same time, you don't want to end up with the stereotype of the crazy artist who's amazing but who's a complete idiot in day to day. Yeah, has no they screw up. social exactly. interaction with anybody. Has no real real relationships. Exactly. Yeah. You do want to be able to, you know, what's wrong with having your family, having your kids, being somewhat well adjusted, and being able to turn that on. Mm -hmm. Clearly, something got to give, right? You can only turn yeah. it. On so much without giving up something and turning into this obsessive mode mm -hmm. but at the same time it's not just either or it's not like you are either this uh, amazing crazy guy who's never gonna be well adjusted or you are this perfectly boring normal well adjusted guy who's got no fire you know yeah. there's got to be some sweet spots there <laughs> but just to find it and be able to stay in it without falling too much one way or the other that's the hard part yeah there is there, there is people that that maybe have found that sweet spot. I just don't know who. I, I can't. I don't know if we could. You get something you could like debate forever. But I always wonder that. Like people said, I heard someone say, "You ever? Can you imagine Lawrence Taylor if he wasn't all doing, wasn't doing coke and everything? Right. Like, we probably didn't have Lawrence Taylor if that's the case. <laughs> right. What do you mean? Like he yeah. he thrived on that chaos. Yeah. And yeah. I think like a Tiger Woods type guy. Tiger, his health is is one of the main reasons why he hasn't gotten back to his normal form. But whether I'm not saying I'm right, but Tiger was probably playing his best golf when he's sitting there worried if he deleted text messages from a couple of these girls he's yeah. talking to. Oh, if I got to make this putt on 18 at the Masters, then I want if my wife sees my bat phone and has yeah. this, this text from this waitress in there. And so he wasn't thinking about golf. He was yeah. just playing. Yeah. And so now he's, he's grinding over every single putt. Like, right. I think there's something, there's something to that where people can laugh. And I'm like, I believe it, man. Yeah. I think I, and then you know who I first heard say something like that was Jim Norton. Mm. Listen to Jim Norton, who is maybe the most open person ever talking about his being a, a sex addict. He mm -hmm. became sober when he was like 19 years old. And so he's been sober 30 years or something now, 25 years. Um, and he was saying that about Tiger. He's like something about that. Like whatever it is in his brain, he wasn't, he's not, worried about golf he, when right. he was doing that when he had all these things almost like distracting him but whatever whatever reason it's crazy and he makes his whole life in chaos but his golf could just be golf or whatever and now i could see that man where you don't have like that scar tissue built up in your head and you're when you know you have these missed putts whatever it may be <laughs> yeah. no and it, it makes sense and i really think it's not a matter of dramatically changing the stuff that make you great it's about figuring out the two percent adjustment not a 50% adjustment, the 2% adjustment, mm -hmm. you're still kind of out there, you're still weird and intense, you're clearly not normal, but you're just right before you go over the yeah. edge, you know, <laughs> where you're never heard from again, you know, just that two per you know, yeah, you got all the Jimi Hendrix, the, yeah, if he yeah. was a more well-adjusted, normal guy, 
you know, how do you manage to last <laughs> and at yeah, the same you, time you have get longevity? Yeah, exactly. I guess like Ozzy Osbourne's found a way to last. I don't know what it depends on what you think of music. Ask Keith Richards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and if all I those guys does, had to get sober though, didn't they? Like you have to, old yeah, rockers. I mean, made, well, I don't know about Keith Richards. I don't know actually. either. I think he's still partying. Depends what you call sober. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I remember forgetting uh, they were doing a tribute show. For somebody and Keith Richards rolled in and this is a rehearsal but this was still backstage in Nashville <clears throat> and he had the most giant bag of blow I'd ever seen in my life <laughs> I, if anybody wants to get it to really? it is and of course everybody in the place was like oh wow nobody got close to it really oh yeah didn't that's a different to, world man didn't want to lose your job yeah. yeah I don't those musicians and that that's a but different it's the world. Thing again, you know, to be on like that and to be on that stage. I mean, I I, I once had great VIP passes because we had done a bunch of work for tour stage, so like mm-hmm. we built all the screens and stuff. So um, they said, "Well, come on and try it out." Then we got to stand in the pit in front of Metallica in front of wow. eighty thousand people, and when they're roaring or the chant die, die yeah. it literally knocks you back. Just mm-hmm. the voices. And to be in front of that every night has got to set a, something that you cannot fill in your life. It, yeah, yeah. I, I can see why rockers never want to want to leave. Yeah, yeah. Why, would why they don't? Well, they don't have to stop. That's no, the great exactly. thing about them. Yeah. Yeah. But the only problem is if the fans stop following you, then you start playing smaller and smaller venues, and all yeah. of a sudden you're playing a 200-seat standing room only casino. Yeah, which <laughs> when you're used to, when you when that's your high point, great. Yeah. But when you're used to feeling... Can your ego stadium, handle that yeah, exactly. when you're older? You're like, yeah. It usually handles it just about when the money starts to run short. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, you can still see Ario Speedwagon to this day at the Canyon Club. Uh, can you? About every six months. The Fourth of July coming up, we have the, the Dublin, Ohio, where I live. Uh, the high school my wife went to, they, have, they bring in acts every year for the Fourth of July, like parade thing and fireworks. They have some big time acts, man. Like, like Boys to Men was there the other year. Um, some of those older, like mm-hmm. I can't even think of them right now. Like the Ario Speedwagon type it's bands. Super fun though. People still yeah. like to come, and know. people love it. And they, the, they, they always, to their credit, man. Whenever I see bands like that, they play hard. Like they're, yeah. they're like this is their Super Bowl. They feel like yeah. I'm like I give, I, I give a lot of those. Those guys credit because they. I'm like, man, it could be easy just to mail it in on these little shows oh, when it feels like this is above you. This you're above. Well, like you're this. ruined once you do that. Once you're above the crowd or not giving them 100. percent Yeah, you can smell down. it from a mile away. Yeah, then the bottles start flying and fuck you and you don't. Want, nobody wants to be treated. No, that you way. need to be. And in fact, that's the thing. That's why ego is a dangerous beast because it's really is it that different? Like if you're making 200 people happy or if you're making 200,000 people happy. Does it really change that much, or is it just you need to switch your ego thing? Where you, you know, unless you see enough zeros behind it, you mm-hmm. feel that is oh, then it's not worth it. Why? Because those two hundred people are not worth it. What the hell, you know? If they, yeah, it's probably more. I think people get worried of what others will see them. So, like, say, like Metallica right. was playing a three hundred seat yeah. place. They're like they're thinking they could be thinking in their mind like oh god like what does my my buddies see me playing this sure. this venue here it's not even about them they're probably going to connect with these fans and I, I mean everyone's been a part of that I've I've seen things like I mean uh, if I do like a, every once in a while if you do like autograph signings or whatever and people I, I listen to Chris Jericho talk about how the, there no one comes you know he's sitting there at the yeah. table and literally nobody comes yeah. then like his buddy or his wife or someone walks up and like oh no everyone yeah everyone already came through pretty much you know the line <laughs> really, it was really booked the first hour yeah. <laughs> like, you, gotta, you gotta tell people to make yourself feel better i've been yeah. a part of those man where it's yeah. for some reason you have to do that and yeah. you just 
I don't know why it makes people feel better when you couldn't just tell them the truth. Like, no, nobody came. Right. Nobody cares. Like, who cares? It shouldn't change my day. Yeah, it's hard, though. I get yeah. it that it's not an easy thing to do. You How know, do you do that? Like, uh, with so you like with your writings, like you write books and stuff. Mm-hmm. How I don't know how you even get like numbers or reviews or sure. do you have when you have editors or people that publish your books like do they report to you on how many people are buying them or the reviews sure. you get like how does that not affect you one way or the other? Yeah, I mean, he comes it, in all weepy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, of course it does, and of course, like with anything else, we know how our silly brains are. You know, for every ten great, you know, people, ten people who tell you a great thing, then you have one who tell you you suck. You remember that one for yeah. some reason. You remember that, and you hate completely that stupid yeah. because it's like, why would so you give dumb. that much power to the one? Pr- but it's the way it works. And it's I, not even on that ratio. I mean, we get really nice feedback, but, you know, one, yeah, yeah, one in 80, in a while somebody, somebody, and it's weird how it bothers you. And it yeah. shouldn't. Because who the fuck cares what this guy, I can't believe you can even spell. Who cares what I think? I say that all the time when people get all worried about, like, what people say on Twitter yeah. to them or their mentions or whatever. Yeah. And, it's, I mean, everyone's guilty of it. Mm-hmm. Being affected, oh, this guy's a douche. He doesn't know what he's yeah. talking about. I tell people, I'm like, I don't know. I'm just giving my opinion. I don't mean, I shouldn't mean anything. So why would I let anyone else exactly. affect me that, like, in a negative manner? So I try to take it that way. I've never been a guy that's, like, ever read any of my press clippings or anything, good or bad. I don't see any I reason I think that's to. as healthy as it gets, what you're yeah. doing there. I think that's exactly the way you want to do it. Because, like, say, I'd say I say something bad about you. Mm-hmm. Or, what? Who cares? Oh, yeah, exactly. Here it goes. Oh, you might have a samurai sword <laughs> over here. Use on me. Like, who cares? Like, it's just me and my like. So why does it matter what anyone says, really, yeah. when it comes to if they're like critiquing any of your work or what anyone says? I feel like it's funny how every one of us just really badly want approval to one <laughs> yeah. degree or another. We all want everybody to like us, and the reality is that when you add enough people, they're always there are always gonna be people who don't like you for one reason or they another. They should like so they should Absolutely. if everyone likes what you're doing then you're making garbage. Yeah, there's something weird. You're going making on grown there. ups yeah. three. Yeah, yeah or whatever. Exactly. There's something <laughs> <laughs> No, there's definitely something weird. And it's the nature of the game that you know the very thing that makes you love by one person will be that makes somebody else go, Whoa, what the mm-hmm. hell is what with this guy? And I think it's, in that sense, I do see a parallel even with parenting, you know, that sometimes we get caught up. If we're doing things that feel big in life, that you feel like, oh, I have all these people waiting for the stuff we're going to do, whether it's a podcast or a book or a game or something where you feel like uh, it gives you a sense of Mm self-importance. And then yet when you are, you know, with your, you are with your child, teaching them the same thing for the 15th time you feel like that's not important somehow and Mm -hmm. then it's like you realize that's bullshit that's like the most important thing there is and yet you are affecting 0.01 percent of one person Mm -hmm. with that interaction and you're like oh with this time i could have done this and that and it's like why because the numbers are what makes it important that if you affect i affected so many people is that what gives you a sense that's crap you know and it's healthy to remember it you know there are i've i've done that where i i get so caught up on projects that i want to work about and write this book and let's record this podcast and let's do this and let's make that happen and then sometimes I look at myself, I'm like, am I trying to become like the stereotypical, like in every bad movie, the father <laughs> was gone all the time and, oh, yeah, yeah, honey, just watch TV in the meantime, you yeah. know, because you're not paying attention to your kids because you're so lost in your own ego of like, I need to make this happen. And you're like, yeah. what the hell is this? Go back and play with your kid. You yeah. Know? Just, just sit with them. Just be there. more important than anything else. Be but, present. That's yeah. the thing I think with... 
I was talking to my wife had a bunch of her friends over to watch the Oscars, and, mm-hmm. and we were talking about like stay at home moms or whatever. My wife's like a real go get. Like she wants to work. She has an interior design business, so she's taking our little two month old with her to different houses and mm-hmm. breastfeeding in between. And she just loves being out there. And I think it's a good example for my kids to see my wife work. I love it, and that's part of what attracted me to her early on too. Was that yeah. she has no desire to sit at home and not do anything. Like she's mm-hmm. passionate about everything. So she likes to work, um, which I'm fully a supporter. But I think there's a lot of parents that are home all day and are not present for yep. one minute of yep. the day. I'm like, if if the dad is home for five minutes and he's fully invested, it's better than these 15 yep. hours you spent with your kids as you're scrolling through your Instagram feed yep. and acting like you're taking phone calls or just you're just not there. Oh yeah, it's looking down at your screen. Yeah, good job, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Right. you're not even really looking at your no, kids. That's the worst. Like yeah. kids at a super young age can notice that. Yep. I, I've seen that. I've looked down from my phone for a second. My even three year old dad, dad, look at me, look at yeah. me, dad. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm a loser. And you got to put your phone in the other room. Absolutely. Like, if you're fully invested. It's unbelievable the, the difference it makes, I feel like. Well, the crazy thing is that time burns up quick, too, because I'm at a point where all my kids are grown. And those days where it's just the five of us, you know, mm-hmm. I've used up 98% of that for my whole life. What's your youngest now? He's 18. Oh, wow. It's done. So is he out of the house? He'll be leaving in a couple months. Whew. And it's like, sure, they'll always be around. They'll always be visits, but they'll always be yeah. girlfriends <laughs> and wives and the, the dynamics to change yeah. in our little, our little cluster, which you have the joy of having right now. Yeah. That runs out. So are you married? Oh, yeah. So you guys are going to be empty nesters, huh, for the first time? Well, because of that, we were able to take off. um, Currently up in Death Valley is a super bloom because of El Nino. The desert is blooming and covered in flowers. And it only happens like once every 12 years. So because of that, last Saturday, it's like the super bloom. Death Valley. It's all pinned a car. Let's right, go. Right, right. Oh, are you and the so, kids? Yeah, no, yeah. just me and my wife. Oh, okay. Believe me, there will be a day when it's just you. I know That's why I was wondering, though. Right how now. do you feel about being empty nesters? Because my parents it. are, and it's like, I, my wife and I talk about it. My parents are like, they are in their 20s again now that they're, they became empty nesters, and I text them or call them on, they're out to dinner every Friday. They right. go to dinner and go to this bar that, with like three other couples, and they go do, go it's like you're young again. It's we got right out of college. We had our kids instantly, so we didn't really have a crazy twenties like a lot of folks did. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, I'm 45 and the kids are gone, and we do whatever the hell we want to. We go to the movies whenever we want to. It's it's funny the shit movies you're gonna have to watch over the next 15 <laughs> years, but that'll be over at some point. You'll get to go watch the crazy stuff you want to watch. Yeah. And but you know that time, it's amazing how finite it is. And yeah. It's not like it'll never happen again, but when I have just the five of us in the car, it's a rarity not the now. same, yeah. And uh, just, you got to enjoy it. I want to tell a quick story just because we were talking about people no. bringing it. Mm-hmm. Um, probably about four or five years ago, Larry Miller is a comedian. He also has a podcast. Yeah, I know Larry Miller. He was on a, one of those show, TV shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, somebody was trying to open a comedy club up at Thousand Oaks. And of all things, a torrential rainstorm the night of the show. So nobody showed up. But they tried to do the show anyway, and he was the headliner, and he's just trying to help these guys get their thing started. And the first dude came out, and he just, there's 14 people wow. in and a room. In a, yeah, you can just hear the kitchen yeah. and this guy trying to tell jokes, and he just fails. And then the sort of middle guy comes in. He makes it five minutes when Larry says, just let a professional take care of this. <laughs> and that son of a bitch rolled out and slayed us for four 50 minutes, full show, exactly for 14 people. Because wow. he knew 
You know, we paid for the show. He carried himself out there anyway, and he brought it. Yep. And that was just amazing. I didn't even think it'd be possible to make fourteen. And look at you now. You're telling the story now. Yeah. And and he needs you know that story needs to get out. It's a yeah. great you know it's just such it's an awesome thing to watch people do it. No, totally. That's now, that's how you wanna that's how you wanna handle it. Now we have to get to the important issue. What's the important issue? So when are you gonna go over and see Jeff Fisher? What's the deal? What you doing out here? Jeff Fisher? Oh, in L.A. Yeah, yeah. You guys got a team now? Hell yeah! Hey, they're excited, man. Are they? Fifty-nine thousand DSL awesome license. Really? Yeah, like instantly. What do you think is gonna happen if they go six and ten the first year? <sighs> you know what? I watched the Titans coming to Nashville. But we had Eddie George and Steve McNair, and they mm-hmm. fucking were awesome for those first few years. Yeah, they I were. think people want the team back, and I think it played but will out that die exactly. Off, though, no. If they don't win, I don't think they. I think they get five years. Okay. I think people are willing to give them some time. But first, stadium's not ready for two years, so the, the Coliseum years won't even really count. They'll just be, it'll be fine. There's, I mean, there's enough people in, living around here. They should obviously have a huge following, no matter what, if they they win or they lose. Yes. But it's I know just, how people are, for sure. I, yeah. I wish them the best, man. I can't. I, I, I do, too. It's, be, it's exciting to have it here. I don't want all three teams in here. I think the Chargers need to stay right where they are. And Oakland, I can't believe they won't build them a new stadium because it's a good place for it. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I think it's awesome that LA got a team. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the people in Super St. Louis excited. are pretty upset. Yeah, well, I but, think they did it to themselves too. So yeah, I mean, they, they got a Super Bowl out of it. I well, no, it'd be a Titans fan because they beat the Titans. Yeah, so, which is a great Super Bowl as well. So no, I uh, I think it's going to be fun. People are excited, which I, I thought was cool that. I know players are excited to actually come out here and, and play in, in L.A. So, Well, where they put the stadium is a great place, too, because it's just an old racetrack. Where is it? It's uh, You know where the Forum used to be? Kind of Inglewood? Kind of, Inglewood? Yeah. Okay. yeah. And there's talk that the Clippers may take, because they refit the Forum, so the uh, Clippers might just take uh, the Forum should. as their own. Stop splitting the stadium. Yeah, with the stadium there, well, it's, it's got the damn Kings in there, too. So there are times oh, where they're putting ice out. Getting it up in time for a game. There's a and playoff they have, like, season. Award they, shows there too. Yeah, the yeah. They had three. They had three sporting events in one day, one time. Where wow. it was a basketball game. They pulled the floor. Had the ice lives underneath it. Had a hockey game, and then had a late <laughs> playoff game. Wow, it was insanity. Wow, that's crazy. That's too much. Do they do that stuff over in, in Italy? It's all soccer they, in Italy. Yeah, right? I mean, it's all yeah, soccer. The the comparison between sport number one being mm-hmm. soccer and everything else is so. It's funny too because. Because I grew up there, mm-hmm. I didn't give a crap about soccer. Really? Because it's like everybody, all they can talk about is soccer. And I was just like, probably as a reaction, I was like, screw this. So it was like living with a bunch of CrossFitters? Yeah, it's <laughs> just like, like <laughs> I don't want to eat about it They just talk it about anymore. it so you were going the yes. other way? So, so are you into soccer now, though? Um, no, I mean, I'll watch the World Cup because it's fun to watch the crazy games. Which mm-hmm. like, wow, who's playing Cameroon against Belize? Sure, that's <laughs> yeah. not fun because what the hell, you know, they are... Half of them are mythical names, places that you're never even going to end up. So yeah. it's curious. But no, that's about it. I, uh, when I was a kid, I primarily watched basketball. I, yeah. um, I did catch a football on like late night, re-recorded things from days later. Cause it was kinda, but it's weird. Like I noticed I watch a lot more sports, American sports, when yeah. I was a kid. Than I do now, living really? in the U.S., where I could. You're the basketball fan, and you're a little weird, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I love basketball, and I definitely watch football. Uh, soccer, I'm kind of like, eh, sir. but um, but yeah, I was huge in that, and now I haven't watched uh, basketball game in forever. And it's I think tough, part man. of it is, part of it, there's some weird thing about the um, what we do to ourselves in terms of the pace that we keep. Like, 
I, sometimes I think, like, when in the world do I have time to sit down for three <laughs> hours and just watch a game? It's not like I can watch it in the car like I do with yeah. podcasting where, you know, I'm listening in the car. That's cool. I have to just not do anything else and sit. That just not happening ever. You know, yeah. I got uh, I got a movie that I wanted to watch about a month ago. that has been sitting there out <laughs> on my Netflix disc for the last month and I haven't gotten to it. And I'm like, maybe I can get 40 minutes tonight and then I'll get another half five. It's In like, 13 years, you'll have all the time you need. Yeah, well, but then again, a lot of, granted, a lot of it, yes, is parenting and everything else. But also there's a lot of it that's just... Um, get the next podcast out. Yeah, that I pile a lot of... I get that kind of life crave when I want to do everything. I want to make this happen. I want to write a screenplay. I want to do a book. I want to do this. I want to. And there's a point where you reach a stage where it's like it's not healthy anymore because <laughs> then you're taking away from the quality of your life. And it's like, come on, sit down and watch a damn game. It's fun. Relax. Yeah. Enjoy. You know, it's not. But again, it goes back to that same thing we were saying before between that crazy drive yeah. that's. It's gonna make you produce some amazing thing, but you go insane. And uh, Lazy Bum would never <laughs> does anything all day long. It is like flip channels and what's on TV. You know, it's like again, there's a sweet spot there. It's hard to find it though, man. But You're right. It, it is. It does seem to be one or the other, doesn't it? Like, yeah, I don't know where that is. You gonna have more kids? You think? I highly doubt it. Yeah. Uh, you never know, but I highly doubt it. Okay. And um, I am not. You're not. You're done. <laughs> I'm done. I'm How ready about you? I think rolling. we might keep keep rolling. Yeah. I mean, we have three now. We've always talked about adopting one eventually, and I think we, our fourth we might adopt. I don't know. This last pregnancy was hard on my wife, so I tell her, yeah. like, I don't want her to go through another one. She just pops the kids out with no no epidural, no IV, right. nothing. She likes to do it all natural. That's something to see in it. She's like, yeah, she just feels like it's like a mental test. It's like her thing. She's like, I just want to do it my way. Yep. Boom. Hey. Quick labors, kids out. I'm like, oh my gosh, it looks so painful. <laughs> but, but um, hospital or at home? Hospital, hospital. yeah. I she had like this last one. We had like a little doula, uh-huh. I guess. And yeah. I was like, we got to do it. We got we need to go to the hospital regardless. Yeah. She probably would try to do it at home if I. But I was like, there's a reason these doctors. <laughs> right, are, there's right, a reason right. that infants don't die nearly as much anymore. Right. So let's just go in and and do, you can do it all natural in the hospital. Right. But um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But I could see. Keep it, keeping it going. I'm glad I have three now, and I'd, I'd like to four would be cool. The thing, though, is there's clearly there's a point where the attention that you can give to any one person decreases oh, inevitably yeah. because you know, of course, there's only so much time in a day. So. I don't think he's going for nineteen. Uh, no. Yeah, exactly. Well, but but that's Duggar, I guess what's Duggar the sweet uh, what's the sweet spot there is like. Do you think four is where you can still handle it and yeah, probably especially having my my girl as the oldest. She's already trying to be like a little mom, so she so as she the years go, she right. get, she already is trying to help. So and you're already I think that helps. So. Yeah. And so now the hardest thing now is just trying to keep the, the older kids from waking the young kid, my baby up. Yeah, yeah. So the baby's laying on the ground sleeping and I'm just losing my mind. I'm both of, they want to go hug him and yeah. squeeze him. And it's I'm like, like no. I, I appreciate you guys. Love him. I love your passion for him. Now get away from him and don't touch him again. <laughs> yeah. So that's basically what happens every yeah. day. No, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Cause I don't know. I feel that once you, they outnumber you, you can't play man to man anymore, but you have <laughs> to zone. play zone. That's rough. That, yeah. That's tricky. You start to think about, you said Cam 19, like I, 
I joke about it. I'm like, man, how do they do it? What do people do? Yeah. The Duggar, you see the Duggar obviously, family? Obviously, they did They had a well. few, few situations. Yeah. Man. Maybe if they spent a little less time fucking and a little more time parenting. Talk about being authentic, man. Like that oldest son was the one that started it all yeah. off. And it all, it's like the, everything just crumbled down after yeah. they peeled the curtain back a little bit. I'm like, no. that's why I, I respect people that are open with their issues. And ending, yeah. I'm like, man, I love... I mean, obviously his issues, he messing with his, his own sisters. That That's should never happen, ever. Yeah. But he, like, what, I think he had Ashley Madison accounts and all this stuff. Oh, yeah. No, he, he's, he, That stuff. I'm like, because he was living a lie and acting like he was yeah. whatever and saying how he was hiding behind his religion and everything, I guess. And I don't even know. I don't know. I'm very ignorant on this situation, but I know. I'm like, man, if you, if that's what you're into, fine. If you're not hurting anybody, but don't like sell this other thing that you're somebody else. That's I, that's the most annoying thing to me is when you're not authentic to who you actually are. And I think I say, not as I do. Yeah, no, but there's something awesome about exactly what you're talking about. The level of authenticity where you're like, there's no, you're comfortable in your own skin. And it doesn't mean that you are these, you know, because there's also a level of, oh, I'm authentic, so I'm not going <laughs> to do anything to try to change my most obvious defects. It's like, mm -hmm. no, don't be a lazy bum, you know, try to work on yourself. Yep. But at the same time, embrace what you are. You know, it's like you got to at some point also be comfortable with the person you are. It's a good idea to constantly work on self-improvement. That's great. One is not antithetical to the other. You need both, you know, you mm -hmm. need to kind of constantly chip away at your weaknesses at the parts that are less than great about you. But at the same time, you got to have the moment where you're not constantly trying to present a face, yeah. uh, like showing something, hey, look here, this is who I really am, when deep inside, that's not the person you are at all. Yeah, and uh, we can see it, and it's, too, it's, hard to, it's harder and harder for people to hide now, which I think is a great thing. Yeah. Like, whatever you are, be that, if you're the biggest dickhead alive, and just be that guy. Don't, <laughs> right. come, don't act like you. Yeah. Don't act like you're the nicest guy. I at least respect the fact yeah. that you're you're living it, man. So that's how I've always. That, as I get older, that's something I notice. I feel like I I can sense it quicker in people. Yeah, I'm like, nope, nope, I'm not hanging out with this dude. There's something <laughs> not authentic there. Yep. Yeah, you can Big tell. Time. Everyone can tell. Anything else you want to throw out there? Or... Oh man, I don't know. I don't appreciate it. I feel like I've been talking a lot on this podcast. I just came from, I'm doing the whole LA experience. I just came from, I did a cryotherapy place. Did the, I was I'd like that. I, great. I, I've done the one, like the tube where your neck and head yeah. are out. And this was the only time, it's the first time I've done where you go in and shut the door behind yeah. you. And I stayed the full three minutes. I loved it, man. Have I'm thinking been, about have going back. Have you been back. floating yet? I float, yeah. I floated. Uh, there's a float place that opened up pretty close to my, my place in Columbus. So I, love I try to float. float at least once a month. I need to go weekly, I think, for me. And nice. Gosh, I love it. So, yeah, I've got the whole like Joe Rogan experience out here. <laughs> <laughs> so I came straight from there. So that's why I feel like I've been talking a lot. I got a lot of energy. It felt good, man. You, you had to get one of those Aubrey Marcus Maces. Have you tried those yet? I had. I, well, yeah, I, I throw those little primal bells around. I have all this stuff, but man, some of that stuff is even out there for me. Really, a lot of like the maces and stuff. I can do it. Like I've messed around with them. I just can't get fully invested in them yet. I don't. Think, I'm like my wrist enhanced the thing about playing, like especially linebacker my whole oh. life. My fingers and wrists, and I've had a, like my wrist rebuilt. My yeah. finger tended down my wrist, put into my finger, like like holding those maces and messing Sorry, around. No. I know they'll say do it. The more you do it, you'll get healthier. No, man. The more I do it, the more my I can't shake anybody's hand. My the wow. hands go limp. Give them the old cold fish handshake. Yeah. I, so yeah, I yeah. try to, man. I've always just got to figure out what you can do and what yeah, you can't. Yeah, of course. So yeah. whatever. 
We'll see. What about you guys? You got anything? I'm a freshly new addict to the mace. I just love are it. you? It's got me out of my chair. It's cool, man. Yeah, if you like, if you feel healthy enough to do it, which I'm trying to get there, I, it's a great workout. It's fun. I like you ever like you chop it down like on uh, tires and stuff. You know where you can do like we. I used to use a sledgehammer, but you can use the big mace with the big ball, yep. heavy ball on top. We use that when when we do like off season workouts as a team because a lot of guys can't. Swing a sledgehammer. Right. Shockingly, you'd think they would, but they've never chopped a wood in their life or never done anything, and so they they just use that big mace. It's safer for them. I just like the motions. They seem like stuff you use more in debt, like the, the shovel, the snow. Oh man, just, that's, I do it like gets full, everything going. I think it's good for your core as well. And, I do like uh, Rocky Balboa workouts. I tell you, we got yeah. nine acres now, and it's all clear. It's all grass and it's tree lined. I take my kids out there and the guy I work out with, and we'll just have days where I'll literally just go out there and take a hatchet and a and a big heavy axe, and I'll just I'll just chop down random trees in the tree line, and then nice. I, I put them, I burn them in my fireplace, and then just make a big old log, put it on my back, and start doing lunges like Rocky and Rocky Four through the <laughs> snow, and then just start running a lap around the house, nice. and just I'm so tired and like feels amazing. But man. you don't ever get a break, do you? You gotta keep going. What do you mean year round? Like, Working out? Yeah, yeah. You can, people do usually take a break after the season's over for a little bit. Just to I heal. don't. Yeah, I I I mean I I didn't have any surgeries. I, was, I got out there this season. I usually. I have to get something fixed after a lot of seasons, but this season um, I hadn't had any surgery, so I, I never really take any time off. I just kind of change how my workouts out, like change them depending on how I feel and where my body's at. If I have a boot on because I just got surgery on my foot or whatever, a splints on my hands or wrist, I just kind of work around it and work to, to get healthy and to stay healthy. I, I have to work out. That's kind of how my body works. Well, and I think that's the other important point about the after an athletic career, how a lot of athletes, you know, they have had, they may have loved it, but also after a while it becomes a grind because it's like constantly working out, working out. And so when they stop, they really stop. Oh, and they get all, you, and, like a year later, you're like, what position do you yeah, play again? Corn, like you were a cornerback and now you're 290? <laughs> A, physical is horrible for you, mm -hmm. and B, mentally. I mean, you're already dealing oh. with the struggle of I'm not doing the thing I loved anymore. And when your body's used to working out intensely on a regular basis, if you just quit or you go down to next to nothing, you're going to go nuts. You yeah. know, I mean, I've noticed for myself the times when after being able to train martial arts for like, I don't know, 15, 16 years, I had a stretch of maybe three to four years where my ability to train was minimal. Mm -hmm. Those were the most miserable years of my life because I was just so constantly pissed off. You know, I was used to having that as the stress release, as the way to get that big sweat on and yeah. that intensity going. And I'm not doing it at a level like somebody who's really doing it, like mm -hmm. a pro, you know? So it's like, so if for me, it feels like such a dramatic difference on my mood, on my mental clarity, on my how I respond to people, I can only imagine what it does <laughs> to somebody who's doing that four hours a day. And they are dealing with the fact that their whole career has changed. Yeah. You know, that's that cannot be good. It's a real it. thing, man. I ha I've talked to a lot of my buddies I play with. They tell me because they see me working out, and in I, I love working out. I'm going to work out yeah. forever. It's just how I how I operate, it's how mm -hmm. I feel the best. Like what you just explained. Um, but they tell me all the time, like, oh, I'm not going to work out a day in my life when I'm done playing. And I was like, man, that's on really. And they're like, yep. And they 100% just they work hard now, wow. but it's because they have to, and they know they they have to for their for the gig. Sure. And those are the guys that you see, obviously, that are in bad shape. And yeah. I mean, playing football obviously is pretty physical, and you're sure. beating up your body. So 
that's obviously not putting yourself in a great position when you're 50, 60 yeah. years old to feel decent. You're going to be that old guy in a wheelchair, right. crutches on and off, and a cane. And I don't, I don't want to be that guy. I want to, you know, I think I can always work through whatever kind of pain I have. No, that's that's the way, man. I <laughs> dig it. Where right. can we find your podcast? Um, well, it's on iTunes. It's called the Hot Cast, and you can go to. Uh, you know, well, whatever you know, it, I always tell people on the internet: if you can't find it, you, I don't want you. I don't want you. I don't want you listening. If you can't find the podcast, I don't want you listening. I mean, I have a yeah, web, You guys know where to look. AJHawk.com, and then there's a Perfect. yeah. Go to iTunes. It's called the Hotcast. Your yeah, tweet or your evidence. Yeah, whatever. My Twitter's Twitter's. Uh, my name's official AJ Hawk. I'm I'm terrible at it. I don't tweet anything very good, but um. I will promote. I'll, let, I'll put the links up when I have podcasts on there. <laughs> I'm trying. I try to, and nice. just what a weird, terrible self promotion is not in my DNA. I'm trying a little bit to really? get out there, but it's no, like you, got you just feel stupid, man. Really? Why? Just feel weird. Like, hey, look what I'm doing. This is my thing, or I don't know. It's like I know you have to, like you need to. But it's almost like I don't know. There's it's like the same thing. There's like a tipping point where it's too much. I see mm. some guys that are doing it way too much. And then I like me, I'm doing way too little, so I got to find that balance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe it's because I, I get annoyed when I see it's because the whole athlete thing. I see all these guys posting videos or pictures of them working out and like hashtag grinding, hashtag yeah. working, and I know like the guy's not working. Not <laughs> that. I, I know these guys. I'm like, right. it's so annoying. You're not yeah. fooling anybody. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. I just get, I, you know, I'm just that weird like that. So no, yeah. I, I got you. But yeah, you. you'll Makes find sense. it. Like I, I think. <laughs> This day and age, if you know what a podcast is, you can find it. Yeah. Well, we sure appreciate you bringing some of that Midwest rain out. <laughs> Thank you guys very much for having me on. I love the love the show, man. So it's great to come out and see you guys uh, in person. Thanks so much, AJ. AJ. Funky Music means that's it for another fine episode of the Drunken House Podcast. Thank AJ for coming out. Uh, like you said, the Hawkcast, you can find it on iTunes. And if you can't find it, he doesn't want you to be listening anyway. So, a mighty fine interview. I must be excited about football season. We're getting the Rams back out here in L.A. And uh, a lot of people are pretty excited about that. So, let's get to our affiliate sponsors, Audible.com. I just did another fine audiobook. Um, Cy Montgomery's Soul of an Octopus. It's an amazing read, listen, um, and it just takes you, you know, makes you think about these creatures that are the smartest end of the invertebrates. They really are amazing. Their camouflage abilities, their um, way to interact with humans is really amazing. So, an awesome book to check out, and you can listen to it through audible.com. Uh, of course, Coracow Chocolates. If you need some crazy, healthy chocolate, that would be an excellent place to check it out. Uh, please, 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 if you're going to buy anything on Amazon, please click through our Amazon portal that's available on our donation page on the website. It takes that evil corporate blood money, as my friends at the Best of the Left say, and uh, passes it on to us, and it doesn't cost you one cent more. So it's all taken from their end of it to help things like your favorite podcasts go on. And, of course, we got to thank our pals at Daisy House Music, Western Man, available on Bandcamp.com, DaisyHouse.Bandcamp.com. Help those guys out who have helped us with our awesome theme song over the years. It's time for botchering. Now, I know the disappointment must be incredible to not have Bellelli do it, but so many of you are repeat listeners. Maybe it's nice to shake it up a little bit. So I'm going to 
try not to hack them up too bad, and I think you might actually recognize your name for once. So here we go. Let the pottering begin. Christopher Brown, Alexander Kuzner, Jonathan Waterlow, David Pedersen, Stephen McKee, Ooh, I'm going to get one messed up here. Mariozo Mezetesta. That's awesome. Uh, Aaron McLaughlin. Lisa Robles. Pamela King. Sean Cavan, Cavanaugh. Tom Robinson. Amos Kingfisher. Joshua Robinson. Chris Talent. David Pedersen. Dan Boyles. Lynn Shirley. Adam Wonowski. And Terry McClellan. And Chris Talent, I, I hung out with, with uh, one of your cousins, obviously Scott Talent, uh, in Fort Leavenworth in the 1980. So if that's your cousin, tell him to give me a shout, because uh, we had a good time together back then. Anyway, there you have it. Freshly mangled, or not mangled, whichever you think. And now we're just going to scoot on out of here. And uh, thanks for listening as always. We'll see you next time with another fine episode. And uh, keep spreading the word. <laughs> And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Taoist Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as soon as they come out. You can keep track of Daniel at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at Richimon1. That's R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N, the numeral one. See y'all soon. I don't want to hear this. No, you don't. In questo caso, in questo caso, le provvidenza di Dio. Duncan showed you the way, huh? Oh man, isn't that scary to think? Nice. So don't kill people, do that instead. I have nothing against chicken other than the fact that they are ugly and weird and strange. <laughs> this was great, fucking awesome. And I love this conversation. We've been you having know, a great hour nice. here. Dun, dun, dun. I completely got lost. Are we doing the outro or the intro? We're outro. Oh, we're out. Okay, sorry. So that's so. Let's continue. Did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and uh, uh, your accent? It just whatever that movie is you were trying to tell can me you about. Translate for me, please. I believe the word was tombstone. Yeah, that one exactly. <laughs> just as I was saying, you know, Tombstone. <laughs> what do I have to do? One day the rod shall teach you. Get back to work.